is Free Talk Live. You may dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. The number, 1-855-450-FREE. That's toll-free, 855-450-3733. And that number is brought to you by SACL CAI. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. All right, so once again, 855-450-FREE. Uh, you can take control. That's why we call this program Free Talk Live. I want to give you, I guess, a kind of a recap on uh, Derek and myself, uh, what we experienced today. And there's a couple <laughs> things worth talking about here. I want to talk about your story with the troll here in a moment. So okay, we'll, great. We'll get to that. Uh, but I actually had a, a what I consider to be probably this may be the most successful day in court that I've ever had. Now, I've taken a, a parking ticket to trial before. This is my second parking ticket trial. The first time, I actually, I actually got a not guilty, and it was kind of a technicality thing uh, based on a, the car registration being in a different name, and et cetera, et cetera. But I don't want to get into the details on that. So even though I won, I got a not guilty on that one, it didn't have the same psychic uh, income. It didn't have the same level of satisfaction as what happened today. And today right. I was found guilty. Uh, so I was found guilty, and, I'm, and I had a better time and a better experience today. So, of course, on this program, we've talked about not taking the plea deal. And to recap, for those that aren't familiar with this concept, the idea is that the state, so-called, these people calling themselves the state, they only have so much resources. I'm not talking about the feds. I'm talking about, like, the local guys. Because the feds, we know they can just print as much money as they want. But the local guys, you know, they're, they're kind of limited in, in what they can do and how many cases they can prosecute and, and so forth. Well, actually, um, I'd like to point out the Fed is limited, too. Um, they you know, Not necessarily from the printing out of money, but, you know, during Prohibition, what brought them down to some extent was the caseload. I mean, it was just True. a tremendous amount of people that – I can't remember. I think it was – it was something like – I don't want to make up statistics, but it was a tremendous amount. I, I, some number like 40 percent of their uh, their cases or something had turned – half of them. But, True. I mean they only well, have so many resources for, for human beings to, to prosecute. I get that. And it's all about clogging up the system too, uh, making them pay a lot more money to extract money from you uh, than they take in. So yeah, I, I think on that count, job well done today. Well, exactly. And that's the idea is the – you know, here in Keene, New Hampshire and actually in Concord where I got this, this parking ticket. Uh, they it's like ten bucks. That's the parking ticket cost. So it's a ten dollar <laughs> ticket, and in Keene it's five, so it was bigger money. And they had increased my they had increased my ticket to forty dollars because I hadn't paid it. So it goes up to twenty, and then it goes up to forty. And I had asked for the you know let's all right go ahead and, you know schedule a trial. Let's let's see what happens. And so the idea behind don't take a plea deal is to encourage people who ninety nine percent probably of people in any given arraignment in a court will take a plea deal. And it's understandable because court sucks. I mean, it's it's horrible to have to go through and file motions and deal with legalese and have to interact with lawyers. And no one wants to do that stuff. So I don't blame anyone for taking a plea deal. In many cases, it's in many cases it's the right choice for that for that moment. But for the long right. term, it's never the right idea because if everybody takes the plea deal, the people calling themselves the state never have to prove a single case. Right. All they have to do is um, put when it comes to tickets, just put tickets on your windshield and collect money, or give you you know pull you over, give you a ticket and collect money. That's a pretty good deal. Yep. And well, they look at cops, the hiring of cops and the traffic enforcers. By the bottom line, they say how much is this person going to make or cost us and that's how they choose to purchase them so you know to some extent this well, is a uh, they don't always look at the a, bottom line and i'll give you an example always. of that today because they're government and they don't have the same incentives 
that th- a business I might. think a lot of it is careful pricing because pricing the ticket at $10 makes it makes just it enough to say, I'll just make this go oh, yeah. away. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll just pay it. Right. I don't want to have to go to court. I, you know, my time is valuable and people's time is valuable. So it makes sense from the, look, I don't want to go to court. I don't want to waste my time. I'd rather go back to work. I'd rather take care of my family. All of that makes sense. But the long-term result of people taking plea deals is the state never has to do any work. They can just count mm-hmm. on people paying up. They can just run roughshod over people's rights because people aren't standing up for them. And if you want to have rights, you have to stand up for them. And if the state, the people calling themselves the state are being violent and they're being aggressive and they're hurting peaceful people and they're ticketing people left and right, then at some point something has to change. And, well, you have to be the change you want to see. And so I'm doing that. I'm you know, not taking the plea deal. I got a parking ticket. I sent out my response to them. I sent my peace ticket, which uh, folks can go. I think, <laughs> I think it's up at uh, ShireSociety.com. You should do it just for the sake of the comedy. You think it's funny, huh? I do. I think it's hilarious that you've made up your own sort of official little ticket that you send back to them for wasting your time and that yeah, kind of thing. It is funny. <laughs> it's funny that a that they can you know that they that they believe that they can make a piece of paper and your butt better follow it. Yeah. And it's also funny that you think you can make up a piece of paper and anybody's going to follow. Oh, it. I, well, that's just it. I don't think anyone's going to follow. They did. They responded to this, didn't they? Take well, this in in. Uh... <laughs> the first thing I did when I got the ticket was when I got back home from Concord. I I made up this peace ticket, which you can go to ShireSociety.com and click on the tools section. You can download the peace ticket for yourself if you want Great. and use this where uh, wherever you live. There's one that's designed for New Hampshire and one that's designed for the, the whole U.S., so it's not a, just a New Hampshire thing. And basically, it's it kind of apes the idea of a ticket. There's little boxes that you can check. And it basically says that, you know, your agent has aggressed against me. I'm a peaceful person. And here's what they've done. And then there's several boxes you can check. So like kidnapping, uh, threatening, stealing, you know, there's all all the typical things that agents of the state tend to do to, to peaceful people. And so I checked off a couple of the things on there. And then it gives the, the, the agent a choice. It says you can either drop the charges and we'll just call it even. We'll just you, know, you. You can make the peace. I'm giving you the opportunity to make this. You know, bring this back to a peaceful thing instead of having this adversarial relationship. So they can drop the charges, make peace, and I'll agree to not you know press charges in return or or do anything else in this matter. We'll just consider it closed. Or the other choice is you can continue aggressing against me, which is what they always choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you can continue aggressing, and then I let them know. The peace ticket lets them know if you continue to aggress, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take this to, to trial. We're going to take this all the way through. It's going to cost you as well. I'm going to make this cost you as much as I can possibly make. Right. It cost this you. is a ten dollar parking ticket mm-hmm. that you're taking to trial because any time, I mean, a violation, a traffic violation, is essentially a criminal offense, and they, I mean, that's exactly you know what it is. Now, yeah. they, certainly, they have their own traffic division and all that stuff, but they have to give you a trial for this. And you know, different municipalities have different rules as far as how these goes. Some make it more and less difficult to do, but you know, depending where you are, it may very well be worth doing this, taking it through, making them pay, you know, making them spend hundreds of dollars to enforce this five dollar ticket or whatever. So when I sent my peace ticket in, they never they never check my boxes. I always give them two boxes to check. There's the one where they can drop the charges and the other one where they're going to continue aggressing. They never they never actually fill out the ticket, but it gives them some information. I put my name on there and so they wrote me back and uh, they they said they were upping the the amount on the ticket to 20 or 40 bucks or whatever. Because right. what you decided to take it to trial? Well, I ended up calling them after that and saying, "Hey, why didn't you answer my peace ticket?" 
and they, you know, they said, well, you know, you owe us money. And I said, so you're not going to drop this then? And basically said, well, go ahead and schedule a trial then. That's what I, that's what I told them. So okay, they, so it did take a phone call after the ticketing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so just so I'm, just so I'm clear, uh, the ticket wasn't enough to schedule the, the new trial. No, but the ticket okay. was enough to indicate that I had received their, their charge and that I was objecting okay. to it. Okay. So they were formally uh, responding to it then. Yes. And they actually sent it back to me in that particular case. Are there a Xerox of it or something like that? So. So the trial was scheduled. It was today. It was this morning. Uh, Derek and some other folks uh, came out, and we had a nice Yay. little little crew come up from uh, from Keene. And uh, there was a gentleman uh, from FreeConcord.com, Garrett, who does a great job covering activism up in the Concord area. Or, excuse me, FreeConcord.org. Uh, so he came out, and he actually had his video camera, and he put in a notice to record. And then the first thing that happened was you went <laughs> in, Derek, with uh, three motions. Actually, one notice and two motions. Right. What was it that you were up to? Uh, well, I, I wanted to make sure that I was able to record, so I filed a notice of recording just saying that as an individual of the free press, I uh, want to invoke their right, their um, First Amendment, um, and, I, and I was clear to say it was your First Amendment on, on the paper so that... Right, because it's they, their society. Right. <laughs> and uh, they were cool with that. The uh, Judge yeah, Byron, actually, I guess his name was, he, he what approved What was it, Boyle? It. It yeah, Boyle. yeah, it's Boyle. Anyway, he they, approved it. They approved your motion or your notice to record after they'd already approved Garrett, so they actually allowed more than one camera in. Right, which, which is unusual is for unusual. the New Hampshire courts. We'll come back with the other things uh, that you at you asked for with these motions. One of them had to do with wearing sunglasses in court. So we'll get to that here in a moment. Let you know what happened. Eight five five four fifty free. You can take control of the airwaves. You may bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. The new Ruger LC9 Centerfire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol designed for discreet carry, is also a full-power, no-compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com slash LC9 to learn more. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Use our toll-free number. It's one 855 That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Derek J. And Mark. And we invite you on over to our website over at freetalklive.com. We have a webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and you can interact because the chat room is built into the same page over at cam.freetalklive.com. And it's free like the rest of our website. That's cam.freetalklive.com. You know, um, we're talking about these ticket situations here, and I have uh, taken the jurisdictionary course, and I used those skills today when I uh, filed a couple of motions in my um, parking ticket case. You've got another one, huh? Yeah, it's a whopping five bucks. And it's a great opportunity to sort of jam up their system and screw with them. And something really, um, you know, something happened in when I was trying to... Uh, you know, get the the case set up with the police department that allowed me to you know file a, a motion to dismiss based on prejudice. And this is you know it's it's it, it's a it, for me it's a hobby. It's a fun way to screw with them. You know, it's not just for tickets. Jurisdictionary isn't just for tickets, but uh, you can use it for any situation where. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. The four-CD course is so easy, the average eighth grader could learn it in a weekend. I have found it to be invaluable. Um, the, the author of Jurisdictionary, Jurisdictionary.com, 
He said that this is the civics course you should have had in school because this really teaches you how to use the the court system, how to motion. Which, of course, they don't want to teach you in school. They don't want you to know anything (laughs) like that. And they have lots of free tools. Go check them out at jurisdictionary.com. And when you check out, make sure you use coupon code FTL. Let them know you heard it from Free Talk Live. It's not like they know it at school either. Right. The teachers would have no idea. No, they're the the victims of this in the same way everybody is. So I'll tell you what. We're going to get back to Derek's story here in a moment uh, about what happened in court as he filed motions this morning as I was going for a parking ticket trial. Filed a motion to allow yourself to wear sunglasses, uh, to be allowed to wear sunglasses in the courtroom because apparently they get very upset about that if you just normally wear sunglasses into the courtroom. And you do normally wear sunglasses. That's that's true. This is part of my normal outfit. He's in here every single time he's on the air with sunglasses on. (laughs) Yeah, we we do this show in the evening, but the, the room is pretty bright and rooms tend to be a little bright for me, so... I just asked uh, that I'd be allowed to wear my protective lenses. There was there was that and uh, one other thing. We'll get back to that. But first, Matt is on the line listening in Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, Mark, Ian, and uh, Derek J. What's on your Good mind? Good evening, Matt. Um, well, a couple months ago, I called in and uh, told Mark about... Um, I, I had been arrested for walking in the forest preserve. And the reason I was arrested for walking in the forest preserve is because I am a registered sex offender. Oh, boy. And they changed the law this year when I was first convicted, and I spent three years on probation. While I was on probation, I wasn't allowed to go into any schools or parks or forest preserves or any place like that. I served out my three years of probation. I was done in 2007. And for the last four years, those restrictions had been pulled off of me. And in January of this year, they changed that. Mm -hmm. And I was unaware. You mean they didn't send you a certified letter confirming delivery that uh, you'd actually received notice that that had changed? Um, I signed a whole bunch of stuff that... um, I don't think I don't think that was one of them, but I have to sign with the state that says that I registered with the city, and then I have to go into the city and they have a list of laws that you have to read through. You have to initial, and as I was going through that, I saw that law, but in my head it said it's just if you're on probation. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. you know, I, I I read it, but I didn't understand that it, it was for sure. that it was reverting back. That so, that now anybody who was registered was not allowed to go to these places. And I assume that um, they must prorate your taxes so that you don't have to pay for parks that you're not allowed to go into, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> otherwise, that would be taxation without representation. That's what they fought a, uh, a revolutionary war over and shot war a bunch over. of people. Yeah, and that yeah. would be it. Would be criminal to do that. I, w- I wish I could have made those kind of arguments in court. Yeah, sure. Um, well, so I went out and I, I found a lawyer to represent me. Um, I tried to get the ACLU to represent me because the ACLU was supposed to be concerned about civil liberties and. Mm-hmm. I felt that this was a uh, violation of all kinds of civil liberties and a violation of um, of so the Constitution. When you were arrested, you were just walking through the woods. Was what was it near, like a school or something? I missed that point. 
No, it was in the Forest Preserve. I'm not allowed to be in the Forest Preserve. It wasn't near. It wasn't near a school. Just like so I was a state park. I was actually with two other guys that I knew that uh, were walking at the same time. So, I so just, because to be at, just because you were just because you were in a state park, that's not allowed. County. Yes. Did you show ID? Because I mean, like, how I did, did the officer yeah. recognize you as a person who doesn't belong there? My car was parked in their parking lot, uh, and I okay. have to register my car. I see. Uh, so when they ran the plates in your car, it came back, bing, 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 registered sex yes. offender. Gotcha. And and again, I live um, right close to these same forest reserves. I could have walked uh, to to the forest reserve rather than drive. I just I drive to a certain parking lot and then I mm. walk a certain path. Uh, and then I, you know, drive back. It's just exercise. Um, so, so what happened? I mean, you went to court. Yes, I did. Um, last month uh, in September, uh, when I went to court, they didn't have the arrest report. So the the judge gave the state a continuance to get the arrest report. Well, they certainly they have to get their their papers together. You know, <laughs> they wouldn't right. want to waste your time. I was kind of hoping that maybe they'd lost the papers and the court case would be dismissed. But this month, when I or this month when I got back last Thursday, no, they had they had found them. And um, to make a long story short, I did take the plea deal. Um, mm. There was just no way I could spend any more money to to fight this. It's just, and what were you facing if you didn't take the plea deal? What was the th- the threat? Uh, it was a misdemeanor class a uh, class A misdemeanor, uh, punishable by up to twenty five hundred dollars fine and a year in prison. And My what was goodness. the plea deal? Uh, I got five days uh, slave labor for the police. So you're, like, you're doing community it's service. Like community service. I have to go into the police and they supervise as I work. Mm-hmm. I got uh, forty hours or five. Five days, five uh, eight-hour days, and it'll be for the police department. You're saying it's not like uh, trash pickup or anything. Department. No, it's not. It's not charity. It's not community service. Hmm. It's, it's not a slave for I the county. Heard about that it's before? Different. There's there's two different programs. Yeah, you're just a slave for the county, kind of like I was when I was in jail, just doing what I you know, whatever they told me to, that kind of thing. So right, right. So so that was it. Just the five days, and there's nothing like hanging over your head. Uh, you see your conditional. Um, release and the conditions are that I abide by the the uh, the rules on my sex offender which means which lasts for the rest of your life right I'm so sorry uh, it's, yes that's, that's supposed to be the sentence for the rest of my life and by oh. the way the term sex offender evokes all kinds of horrible pictures in people's minds you didn't molest any children um well according to them I did hmm I thought it was it's some sort of like a thing I, with a teenage girl like uh, it, it, it was a it was a teenage girl. Right, right. Touched, Thanks, touched Matt. Appreciate breath. hearing from you, man. More coming Thanks, up Matt. here. It's Free Talk Live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. The number is 1-855-453. That's 855-450-3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we give to you there. The mobile site is one of them. If you've got a smartphone, you can just go to m.freetalklive.com. M as in mobile. Get quick access to our live streams and the podcast. Once again, that's m freetalklive.com. We just got off the phone a moment ago with uh, Matt, and he uh, was calling to kind of update us on one of the cases that he was involved in. We've been talking about courtroom stuff thus far in the show, and uh, he mentioned, kind of dropped in, that uh, he was a sex offender. And I thought it was important to point out that whenever somebody says they're a sex offender, I think it, it's important to find out what that means. Don't, don't right. just stop yeah. there and jump it's to a conclusion. It's a loaded word. Um, you know, like, you know, it could be somebody who is uh, urinating behind a tree um, at a golf course or something like That's that. That's true. Could be all kinds of things. Somebody who's never hurt anybody. All, it could be someone who is 20 who had sex with a 17-year-old in some states. Yep. Uh, you know, c- consenting uh, sex. Right. Uh, you know, depending on what the situation. It could be a teenager who uh, took a sexting photo and sent it to their teenage friends. Now, that doesn't mean here on Free Talk Live that we're cavalier about sex offenses, and I don't think Matt is either. I know Matt. I've met Matt, and um, you know, I've talked to him about this situation, and he doesn't seem cavalier about it. Uh, but I think that it's also important to realize that he's done whatever sentence they felt was going to fix him. Um, you know, and obviously nobody believes that the criminal justice system really fixes people. But they've he's done whatever, uh, you know, debt, served whatever debt he was supposed to serve. And one has to ask, what do you do with these people afterwards? Do you subjugate them and treat them differently than everybody else for the rest of their lives? Put them in situations, make it so that they can't make it more difficult to work, more difficult to live, more more difficult to recreate, which is what they do to all of them, yeah, and then seriously. expect them to act like normal folks and be good folks and not be driven into a desperate situation. I mean, now Matt's not as, as bad a situation as some sex offenders. Some of them can't live you know, can't live anywhere because there's, you know, there's these laws in some states about it has to be a certain amount of feet from a church, a thousand feet, a playground, uh, uh, you know, places where children congregate. They end up living in tents out in the woods because they can't be any place or in a trailer park. Is that what you want to do? You want to take a bunch of sex offenders, put them all in the same place so they can create like a little sex offender gang of desperate men who can't work? (laughs) Well, it sounds like even Matt's having trouble finding any place to live because even in his hometown, he had to come across this new law himself. It's not like anyone had informed him mm-hmm. of, of this law. So just because of the categorization that the government gives him, he has to be extra aware of what new laws have, are coming down the road and how just so he can protect that? himself so, so that they don't go throw him in jail again. Right. And how are you supposed to keep up on that information? I mean, there's so many yeah, new no laws. No person can, can do that. They can change them at any time. And that's basically what got him all caught up. He didn't hurt anybody else. He didn't uh, he didn't hurt do anything to offend sexually he was just walking through the forest right and it wasn't like he was walking Not through the crime. forest at a kids camp or yeah, something like he that he didn't he didn't have a net and a lollipop okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so just wanted to encourage folks if anyone ever says anything about so and so's a sex offender dig deeper okay and find out what that means because there are so many people who are called sex offenders that haven't actually harmed another human being in any way shape or form and i think that if you're going to call someone a sex offender then they should have actually 
molested or raped somebody, that there should be some serious actual crime that occurred, not consensual sex between teens or somebody in their early 20s and a teenager or something like that, which yeah. a lot of them are. Right. So, and just, that can also hang around for a while, even after charges are dropped. Yeah. Well, even after charges are dropped, it'll, dropped, st- yep. it'll, it'll still affect right, just your Just because you had the accusation. Right. Yep. And, and that's a serious blemish on everyone's the, the, permanent some, record. Some places will fire you just for the arrest. Yep, that's right. Um, speaking of which, uh, during the break, we were talking about this during the break. Uh, during the break, we were also pu- all puffing on our Vapor Smith's e-cigarettes. Yes, uh, we got in a, a whole batch of different flavors here, and uh, you know we were trying mm. them all out. Uh, Derek J, what, what's your favorite at this point? My favorite is vanilla. Vanilla, and I'm I've been a diehard menthol smoker for five years, so and, and you just switch to vanilla is quit, a big move. Have you quit cigarettes entirely? Uh, I haven't mostly. No, yeah, mostly. Okay, ex- mostly. Like, I'm, I'm going to try to push you let down. Here. Yeah, no. And and this is what I think a lot of people find is that they can, you know, t- to some extent they, they'll they'll transition from the the regular cigarettes to the e-cigarettes. They're so much better for you. They by some metrics here 20,000 times healthier. And you get, you know, all, uh, many other advantages from them in that you can uh, you can vaporize indoors. They don't smell, they don't leave your stink on your clothes. They're mm-hmm. they're not as bad for you as from a health standpoint. Oh, I would never let anyone smoke a cigarette in my yeah. studio. And never. The the right, and but you, people people vaporize in here all the time. The yeah. VaporSmith e-cigarettes e-cigarette is one of the very very best made ones on the market and you can get it for free. All you have to do is go to Vaporsmiths.com, order 40 cartomizers, pick any of the really great flavors. There's classics, menthol, cherry, vanilla, strawberry, cloves. Um, Ian, you tried the cloves, and it tastes just like cloves. I like the cloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you go to Vaporsmiths.com, buy those 40 cartomizers. You get free shipping. You'll get a, two, uh, a starter kit that includes, a, I think it's two of the uh, little uh, vaporizer deals, but uh, that's what we got. Maybe you know, uh, maybe their uh, baseline free one only has one. I don't know. You can even call 855-2-GET-VAPOR if you can't. Do it online. It's vaporsmiths.com 855 to get vapor. Derek says it's two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was my experience. You and got, they give you, you fi- bought one. And, and yeah, they give you five cartomizers too with the starter kit, right? Yes, so that's right. 45 total. And you get to choose those flavors also. Right. So if you want to try a few out for your next order, I recommend doing it that way it's pretty awesome yeah i've li- i've liked uh i mean i've liked the ones that i've tried thus far I mean, obviously i have my preferences as well and i think vanilla may be my favorite uh, but i haven't tried them all yet and that's my intention here i've got a, a variety sitting in front of me <laughs> i have tonight. a whole variety of them too yeah. and you know the one thing that i've noticed is that uh, you know i'm a uh, an old uh you know former smoker i haven't when i've tried vaporizing these things i haven't the next day felt like oh i've got to get some i've got to get some ni- more nicotine more nicotine i haven't felt that way i've tried the flavors and you know puffed on them for a little while and it hasn't done anything to me as far as uh, now most of the ones i've puffed on have been the zero um nicotine or uh, the low nicotine or something like that that's a huge part of it yeah so i mean i haven't felt any inclination to start smoking or anything no after. i tried that's the, the nic- i tried the full nicotine you've got the clove one one that I was using earlier, which right. is the full strength, and uh, it's just it doesn't do you know I don't get a buzz off of it. So it the the nicotine one is is more harsh than the ones that are the ultralights. So I just rather go with the ultralights. Or I know they're going to have a new product coming out, which are zeros, well, you know, which I'm excited about. We're too. not exactly the target market, right? We're two guys <laughs> that don't smoke. But I like neither it. Is, neither is Dale, and but, and he picked up a 
Vapor Smiths for himself as well. So. Some people are excited about them here in the, uh, the Liberty community in New Hampshire. There's no doubt. I wouldn't recommend these. I'm not going to go out and recommend people that don't smoke to start smoking these things or vaporizing these I things. But Derek, you are an ex-smoker and you have largely transitioned to the e-cigarette. That's right. And I so have that's, about one real cigarette a day. That's the that's success not... story that they're looking for at VaporSmiths.com. Right. That's, that's down from a pack. Yeah, right. from a pack a day yeah. to one cigarette. Yeah, I they're think a lot that's cheaper a too, right? Huge difference. They're saving me money. They're making my clothes smell better they, they just uh i'm a, able to smoke them in courtrooms uh, while i'm working and you wear some nice clothes so i mean it's a good combo for <laughs> let's yeah. go to david he's in Keene, uh here in our very own Keene, new hampshire david you're on free talk live good evening gentlemen david what's Hello. on your mind this is my question i recently got a ticket and it cost 65 dollars. i haven't paid it i'm torn between paying it and taking it to court um, and I have been recognizing every uh, some people taking tickets to court, and um, then I've heard people say things like, "Well, we want to uh, cost them as much money as possible, or something like that," right? Right. And then I think, um, and and sometimes people go to great expense to of their own personal expense to do that. That's true. That's like, what I did. Trips. Or just time yeah. of their own time. Yeah, if it's and worth so, it. So it makes me. I'm not really completely understanding why why the expense when when there's so many people who are like taxpayers and they're like they're not on board with things and they're like why are you sticking it to us type of thing. Right. right. Well, taxpayers so I don't may, completely understand it. Ma- taxpayers may very well say to the um, say to you or to themselves or whomever, um, hey. Well, by you taking this ticket to court just to take it to court, you're uh, you're costing us money. Right. And let's address what that complaint because it, it is I'll not a good common I'll one. Listen. All right, David, I'll if you want to stick with us, you're welcome okay, to. But thank otherwise, you, uh, thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE. We'll address that uh, when we return. Yeah, I think it's important. At 855-450-3733, you can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at fff at fff.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's fff at fff.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of these airwaves. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number. It's brought to you by SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. Really, it's three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. The way they treat uh, they treat your customer reflects on you, and they know that. So their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment that money can buy. You can go to SACL CAI's website through their banner right over at freetalklive.com, the top uh, right portion of our website. Once again, that's SACL CAI. Uh, joining you here in the studio tonight, it is Ian and Derek J. And Mark. Uh, so we've been talking about court stuff here, and actually we were going to jump into a question that uh, David had called in about, because at the beginning of the show we were talking about not taking a plea deal and advocating that people who receive tickets for silly nonsense like parking violations or speeding, for instance, uh, take things to to trial. 
And generally, the idea of don't take a plea deal applies to all kinds of uh, so-called crimes that don't involve victims, so like drug possession, etc. Obviously, the higher up on the scale of uh, offenses you go, the, the more it risky it becomes to not take a plea deal. But the, the concept is sound, and that is that if more people didn't take the plea deal – then they would not be able to get away with this crap anymore. Or Plus, a lot of times, they don't really even have evidence or a case against you. Yeah. They just propose to. Um, so, you know, to take a plea deal before, hey, you do discovery or something. Uh, this is where Jurisdictionary at Jurisdictionary.com comes in. You need to know what these people have. You don't just go talking to them and making deals yeah, without even knowing. Plus, don't if you are going to make a deal, certainly don't take their first offer. <laughs> and. I think it's important also not taking the plea deal raises a lot of backlash from uh, citizens in the community uh, against their politicians saying, you're wasting our money prosecuting all of these peaceful people. Just stop it. Just, you know, find some real criminals. Well, I think you you touched on the point that should be made about this idea that. Some people will object to the idea of not of not taking the plea deal by saying, well, you're costing me. If you're costing the system, you're costing me as a taxpayer. So you not taking the plea deal, Derek and Mark, you guys are making so I have to pay more taxes. But whose choice is it really? Well, well, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, whose choice is it that this is being taken to court? Is is it really David's intention to to go after Keene's money by parking in the wrong place and and then bringing them to trial for it? Like it's it's obviously the city government who's going after him. It's right. their choice that they made. And so, if the public is going to be mad at anyone, be mad at the city government. That's the problem that some people have is they blame the victim. I mean, that's essentially what's going on here. They do it in this instance. They'll do it in the instance of activists being activists and getting arrested for doing activism, civil disobedience, whatever. They always look at the victims, the people who have been, become the victims of the police's aggression. And they'll say, well, if you guys didn't do your activism, then the police wouldn't have arrested you and then uh, wouldn't have to spend all this money to put you in jail. Or if you didn't uh, take this speeding ticket to trial, Mark, then we wouldn't have to pay for I it. I got this from two different people, the sort of, uh, you know, your, your normal folks, your muggles, um, you know, when, uh, <laughs> when I did this the last time. They're like, just pay the ticket. I mean, the idea that I would take these to court, I would say you don't have to pay these. All you have to do is take them to court and they'll drop them. They're like, they were horrified that you would say something, that I would say something like that. Um, because I guess they want the system to be held together or something. I mean, that's what their concern is. I mean, if the system is just, then it would be held together. But I think that there's some real problems from a jurisprudence standpoint with tickets, uh, parking tickets. You can't prove that I did something. They're essentially ticketing the vehicle as if the vehicle has a wallet and can pay and can somehow be chagrined <laughs> and ashamed that it broke the law. I mean, it's a- absolute nonsense. That's my contention. But the idea here is is that, um, you know, that, it, that what people fail to understand is it takes two to tango. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm taking this to court. But remember, so are they. They could choose to not do this. Yeah, I they asked, could always drop it. Right. I asked right at the beginning of uh, the trial today, I suggested, well, you guys could, the judge, the man in the robe, asked me, are you ready to go to trial? I said, well, I'll go, but they could drop this if they wanted to, and the prosecutor refused to. Right. And, you know, this this is, the, I may be costing you a few hundred dollars by taking my traffic ticket to court, but they're costing you tens of thousands, millions, I mean, whatever they're costing you on a daily basis, because that's what they do. They're bureaucrats, and they suck time and money like a vortex. Well, right. And the, the, the unspoken part of what they're saying to you, and I think you're right, Mark, that they want to keep the system together, uh, but you know, it's kind of the unspoken part of the idea of, well, you shouldn't take the plea deal because it's costing taxpayers money. They're essentially advocating for obedience. 
Really is what Absolutely. they're saying. Just it, blind obedience, it, it, whatever the law is, just follow use, it so we don't clog up the system. Let's use reductum ad absurdum. Now, understood. Now, I understand this isn't the best. This, this um, you know, th- this is extreme. But that's the idea: is to take a logical look at this, and um, so that we can understand it. Were the slaves clogging up the system by choosing to run away? I mean, for goodness' sake, slave hunters had to go out and get them and bring them back to their masters. This stuff costs money. This is taxpayer money being spent for slave hunters were the indians by not getting off the land and just uh you know being a real pain and fighting back and stuff were they being a, a hindrance on the taxpayer Mark, just get on the train okay right the- <laughs> the, the, right and so here we go we, we'll lose the argument by going ahead and bringing up the nazis were the jews by not killing themselves in the concentration camps and waiting for the gas think what they could have saved the german people in just in mustard gas alone if they mm. would have just gone ahead and swallowed their own tongue or something. Let's go to Jericho, listening in Mount Jackson, Virginia, to WSVG. Hello, Jericho. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, hey. what's on your mind tonight? Oh, uh, the, the caller you had a few minutes ago, uh, he said he was off probation in the parks. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. Am I hearing this correctly? He's a sex offender, correct? He needs to be registered and stuff. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. All right. Well, I want to state my position pretty clearly about this. This is coming from one American person in Virginia. I'll speak for myself, but I can tell you right now, millions millions agree with me. I'm not going to sit here and list names, but I can tell you right now, my neighborhood, we're fed up. We're fed up to the top of our heads with this issue. Okay? I believe that shoplifting, um, drug crimes, everything else, you serve your probation and you get your rights back and come back into society for nonviolent, non-sexual type crimes, okay? It, I stopped there with the child molesters and the rapists. Okay? Well, okay. As was pointed out, uh, just because you're a sex offender doesn't mean you're a child molester or a rapist. You understand that, right? Well, I do understand that. I, and there are, uh, I can tell you right now, the whole sex offender system right now, the way it's treated is just totally bogus. Okay. I mean, me and everyone I know, Okay, and I can't speak for everybody in America, but I can tell you everyone I know does not want these people on the streets with them to begin with. And yeah. there are some terrible BS, you know, situations where a 17-year-old boy is with his 15-year-old girlfriend. He has no business on a sex offender registry. Okay. But, but you, yeah. we, have, we have in our society millions and millions and millions of perverts walking the street. And I can tell you right now in Shenandoah millions. County, Virginia, they are not concerned about the issue. So The people are. The people are, and we're having an election coming up. Anybody listening to me on WSBG, we have an election coming up to next Tuesday, week from today. And we need to really make some changes in this place. But I can tell you right now, I, in my own family and a close friend of mine in Shenandoah County has had sex molestation type things happen in their family. And these people did jack squat about it. Well, I don't know if I you believe know, the scare story that there are millions of perverts lurking out there just waiting to come after your kids. I mean, a lot well, of the times the people that are actually doing child molestation and rape are actually relatives of the kids. So it's not like if oh, your kid's walking down the street to the, the right, neighborhood maybe, park that they're going to get pulled into care, somebody's I house. I don't care if it's the father, the next door neighbor, or some guy that blows through. Anybody that gets caught at that kind of crime doesn't deserve to be part of society anymore, and I don't want them in my neighborhood. Don't you, like, so don't you believe that people could change? Not, no, not child molesters, well, no, because Jer- it's proven medical fact that they're not 
they're not rehabilitatable. Well, wait a second, uh, Jericho. I, I, hold on, hold on. You, you're spitting out a bunch of stuff here. I've got a couple of things to say. First off, fathers um, less statistically likely, as I understand it, I've looked through these numbers, than mothers to sexually uh, molest because fathers are mostly no, not there. Again. I didn't hear what you said. I apologize. I, could, I didn't. Fathers are statistically less likely to uh, sexually molest than anybody else because they're less likely to be there. You suggested males, and I'm telling you, mothers are more likely to sexually molest than fathers are. Wait a second. Wait. Wait a second. When they are caught, they and you're saying, wait, I uh, gotcha. I just wanted to make sure that we're not talking about just men here, because that's what you no, kind of no, alluded no. to. You said sure. fathers saying, or uncles or the guy next door, and I want to make sure that we're clear on this. Secondly, no, no, no. we're very clear. On sec- that. Secondly, when, I, go ahead, go ahead. Sex offenders are less likely to reoffend than several other categories of crimes. Now, this may be because. They include all kinds of peripheral offenses like having sex, 15 and 17 year olds having sex or peeing behind a tree and that kind of thing. But sex offenders are less likely to offend than thieves, for instance, reoffend than thieves. Okay. So, my, my question, question oh, wait, 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 Jericho, I got a question for you now. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, you get a situation where a guy does something um, or a woman does something or a person does something that they regret and that they, uh, you know, perhaps touch somebody in an inappropriate way. And say they get a small sentence. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. They get a small sentence, and then what do you do about them? We're bringing that back here in a moment. More with Jericho, 855-450-FREE. You can answer that question as well. 1-855-450-3733. Isn't it possible people can change? I believe that to be true. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is next. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At allsuccessclub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at allsuccessclub.com. Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program, inviting you to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want at 855-450-FREE. That's a toll-free number. It's brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. Tonight here, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. Now then, for those of you just tuning in, we'll bring you back up to speed. We had a gentleman call last hour bringing up the issue of uh, sex offenders. And Jericho is on the line listening to Mount Jackson's WSVG in Virginia who has some very strong thoughts about the idea of sex offenders. And I think it's so important to remember that when someone is claimed to be a sex offender, take a moment to ask why, dig in, find out what their story is. Because just because they've been labeled a sex offender doesn't mean they've actually done any child uh, molestation or raping or anything that's in any way harmful toward another human being. It's just that maybe they got caught uh, like they were at some sort of uh, an outdoor event, some festival. They drank too much beer. They couldn't find the bathroom. So they went and they you know, went behind uh, some tree line nearby and uh, decided to just take a leak outdoors. And somebody, now they're a sex offender. Right. Somebody saw them, called the cops. They get arrested for indecent exposure. And then poof, you're on the sex offender list for the next, oh, rest of your life. Depends on the municipality, the, the region, the state. Um, yeah, sometimes it's 10 years or something like that. But in, just, in a 
lot of places it's lifetime. Yeah, and it just depends on the sentence too. Some sentence, some places will only put certain sex offenses on a sex offender registry. Some of them will put all of them on, and and you know the the guy that was tinkling behind a tree would would be on that list. Or somebody who has sex with someone who's under the age of eighteen, but certainly well within their mental abilities to consent. Uh, or two young people who are both under the age of eighteen. They've definitely done it, taken eleven and twelve and twelve year olds and sentenced them both for sex offenses. Ugh. That'll solve the problem. Right. Yeah, right. So well, Jericho in Virginia said he was fed up with the sex offender system and that he wanted to make some changes. I had some questions for him. Okay, let's get uh, we're gonna bring him back on here. Jericho, are you with us? Hey guys. Hey. Well, first, before you go, Derek, I asked uh, uh, Jericho a question, and right. I wanted to get that. What do we do with that individual who has committed some kind of sex offense? Not the kind that you would necessarily incarcerate somebody for a lifetime for, because I get it. If a man, you know, I mean, if, if some... Public, no, 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 no. I'm talking about, okay. let's say that, uh, you know, some uh, young man uh, does an imp- inappropriate grab of a uh, young woman in a, you know, a public or private place and, you know, gets a sex offense for it. I mean, this is clearly a sex offense, right? Like, a, you know, grabs her boobs or, you know, reaches down into her. I mean, you're getting into gray areas. No, there. these yeah, things I, happen, I, I though. To, I want to totally clarify my position. For okay. Of course, you don't misunderstand. You have, you have very very, very good point that a lot of these people in these sex offender registries don't belong there. A lot of them do not belong. I mean, we live in a country where, what was it, Georgia, I think, last month? We quite possibly executed an innocent man last month. Yep. You know, and and is what I'm saying, the whole system needs overhaul. Is What I'm saying is a proven guy who molests a little girl, I don't care if it's the mother, the father, a stranger, I don't care anyone that does that, does not belong back in society. And you ask the question, can people change? I think most people can change. But to me, that kind of crime takes a mental instability to even commit. These people are not right in the head. I'm not trying to make them sound like a bunch of animals, but what I'm saying is it takes someone not right in the head to do that to someone to begin with. I would agree with you. Rape a woman, violently rape a woman or rape a little girl or a little boy. It takes a screw loose to do something like that. And no, you don't fix that. They are what they are. And, and that's and there's too many. And if you look at the sex, well, I don't know that that's true. Okay, so I don't know that they are what they are. Um, I think that I, I I tend to think if somebody commits a crime that's egregious enough, I would say let's have fewer laws and enforce those fewer laws if that's what you're going to do. But there's always a gray area, Jericho. It always is. I mean, there's the one guy that rapes the the kid. There's another um, one that that just touches them inappropriate. The one that comes does some lewd and lascivious acts with them. I mean, there's every single one of these situations yeah. has a gray area. Well, I would be surprised if you haven't seen the movie A Time to Kill. And other people have heard of this movie. And it's yep. just the whole thing. Changed my life. Samuel L. Jackson. Well, the book did. We're supposed to end the movie. That one guy that they got for their defense, the psychiatrist, they dug so far back in his past. I mean, of course, this is fictional, but this kind of stuff happens every day in this country. But they dug so far in his past, it turned out he was a convicted child molester, supposedly. The girl was two years younger than him. They ended up getting married. They were still married 50 years later, had children moved on. That man had no business with something like that on his record. You know, that kind of happens. You're right. But it may, but I mean, it's just, you have the situation. That's what I'm trying to point out. Let me ask you a question on your positions here. If name a crime to you, that's important that you feel violate or endangers you or your family. That's the question I have. Just, just name a crime that you think should be enforced for your safety. Sure, and I mean... when it gets uh, to that, what should their punishment be? Home, want, home invasion or whatever. Counter question, isn't it better to protect yourself against these I people? 
Uh, and well, and just educate your kids to avoid them. You, you, well, number one, you have to educate your kids, and everyone educates. But the problem is when these people get caught, look at Shenandoah County, Virginia. Well, no, well, but no matter what I the mean, crime is, no matter how horrible it is, if it's armed robbery or uh, molestation, isn't it better to just protect yourself than focus on having a law in place that's going well, to protect that's what you? I'm anyway, because you might as well protect yourself. I'm not for vigilante justice until the system breaks. Okay, and this system is broken, and it's not just with child molestation, it's with everything. This system is broken. The court system, the penal system, everything is broken. Well, you're recommending changes. They're not going to protect you, I can guarantee you that. Well, Jericho, I agree with you, but you're saying you want changes. You want changes so that these people can't come back into your society. So where is it that you want them to go? A secret prison somewhere, an island, what? Potheads out of jail. Let all the drug crimes out of jail. They don't hurt anybody but the drug user. Everybody and their brother is smart enough to know pot ain't killed a person in the world, but you got people sitting in jail for it. And the other drugs, I think you're dumb to do. But if you want to do meth, that's none of my business. Get these people out of jail and put people who shoot people in jail and put people who rape people in jail and leave them there. No, okay, them. look, all right, I get what you're saying. I understand it, and I think that if the world changed in the way that you wanted it, I think it probably would be a slightly better world because you'd let a lot of innocent people out of jail. That's cool. Uh, but yeah. Jer- Jericho, to answer your question earlier the other co-host didn't exactly give you a straight answer uh to answer your question from earlier what should happen in these cases of rapists and arsonists and murderers and and you know horrible violent people i think that uh that you know they should be paying restitution first and foremost uh, i think that well, i think that it makes sense to hold on though. i'm going to yeah. give you an answer to your question i think that it makes sense to to take dangerous people who are not repentant about what they've done who are not sorry for what they've done take those people off the streets that makes sense uh, but it also make sure they pay restitution to the victims uh, to make them in any way as possible possibly as whole as they can be obviously They'll never be completely whole, but getting something from the criminal is better than just sitting them in a cage and and then having to be forced to pay to keep them in the cage. So I think that's we one way that we can change things. You know what I'm saying? So we don't have to pay for them to be in jail. I'd be happy. Right. Yeah, that'd be great. So, but then I think eventually, at a certain point, if that person is becomes sorry for what they've done and they're willing to change who they they used to be, then I think that at some point that uh, that they should be able to get back out and and have a new life. I mean, Mark, you went to jail for nine years, prison. Excuse me, for nine years for uh, you know being around when a murder was committed and assisting to some extent, uh, allegedly, and in, uh, in you know, it's not alleged cover, covering it up. <laughs> And uh, you went to jail for nine years, prison for nine years, and you're you're not a bad guy today. You're you know you. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Guys like him can reform. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to tell you. I think guys uh, like him can reform. Well, murderers, frankly, are the least likely to reoffend or molest a child. I just think there's somewhere in their head where they are so screwed up. There's certainly a prejudice against sex offenders in this world, and it it sounds like that one that you're saying that they can't be fixed, and the evidence, but the evidence, frankly, is contrary. Um, the best evidence I can find, Jericho, is that sex offenders are less likely to reoffend than even thieves. Jericho, thanks for the call, okay. man. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at eight five five four fifty free. Now I want to caveat that statement: is I can't find out about the what the people really the sex offenders. What about the rapists? What about the child molesters? I don't know. Right. When you're talking about 
breaking it down to those specific crimes. Whether I mean, because you certainly you find out about these people. Well, this guy got sentenced. He's had twenty seven priors. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that person needs to go to jail for a very long time, and then let's sort it out in twenty years whether or not he's safe to let out. But once one a person, no matter what kind of sex offense they has, gets out, you need to make it so that they can succeed in the world, or you should have never let them out in the first place. Let's continue here in moments with you and your thoughts. You may dial in toll-free, share them with us, 855-450-FREE. Take control of the airwaves, 1-855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of these airwaves by dialing the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. That number, 855-450-FREE. That is 1-855-450-3733. Whether you want to talk about uh, taking the plea deal or rather not taking the plea deals, we discussed at the beginning of the show. We've transitioned into sex offenders and uh, the, the, the laws and how to handle people like that. And, uh, so you're welcome to comment on whatever you'd like or bring up anything at 855-450-FREE. You know, we just uh, got a, n- a new advertiser here on Free Talk Live. It's uh, wide, wisefoodstorage.com. And we got the package today, Ian. I, I know I haven't gotten you your food yet, but, uh, you know, at my house, <laughs> my wife and I got it. And I wanted to try this stuff out immediately okay. um, so that I could uh, give some kind of feedback. What, and, did, you, what did you eat? Um, it was uh, the la- cheesy lasagna. Ooh. It wasn't bad. Uh, it was quite good. That you, they, It comes in a dehydrated package, and you just pour in what, two cups of uh, very hot water and let it sit in there it cooks itself in its own package just sitting right on the counter no way and cheesy lasagna it makes yeah well it's not it's not the big pieces of uh, of noodles it, it's sort of it looks more like a, a casserole or something like that okay but the, the noodles are small it tastes like lasagna it's got well, sausage in it dehydrated sausage and, and meat and stuff and more importantly this stuff has a shelf life of 25 years yeah some oh of it does God. and uh, there's they have a camping product and a storage product I and see. they have they each have you know different times but yeah you can store this stuff for a very long time and in case you know you, you never know what's going to happen whether it's uh, unemployment inflation food shortages natural disasters all kinds of things can can happen and uh, you know, need to protect your family. Don't delay. Get prepared. It's wisefoodstorage.com or you can call them at 855-FOODWISE. Uh, there's promo code FTL. Uh, you can get a free sample, free shipping, 10% off any, any order, and peace of mind. It's the greatest gift you can give the ones that you love. It's wide, wise foodstorage.com. Now, yesterday we had Ingrid call in uh, from Maryland. She was informing us that today was the day for the Raw Milk Freedom Riders, the caravan of mothers that intended to defy the FDA's interstate commerce and food safety laws on raw milk by uh, basically taking raw milk across the border. I think it was across uh, the PA border, so from PA, uh, Pennsylvania to Maryland, and then going into uh, Washington, D.C. to have some sort of a demonstration on the front steps of the FDA building. So Ingrid is actually back with us here with an update. Uh, how'd it go today? Um, it was a big success. Um, really? 
um, the group of mothers um, picked up the raw milk in Pennsylvania and went down to Silver Spring, Maryland, which is near D.C., um, about um, a 90-minute trip to the FDA headquarters and brought milk and drank it there. And people, and then some people brought cookies. I brought pumpkin cookies. My friend Rebecca brought in some last cookies, and everyone had a great time. And um, Liz, he, Liz um, Retzger, I think that's how you pronounce her last name, who organized the event, said that um, one of the people from the FDA had actually contacted her Friday and wants to set up a meeting with her to discuss um, the law. So she was very excited about that. So the rally was a very big success. Cool. So no one got arrested then, is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Were there That's any law enforcement for. at the event? Oh, yeah, there was tons. They had um, Homeland Security vehicles. Wow. wow. And, and they um, chose not oh, to arrest you. Oh, yeah, I actually have um, a weird story. So um, so um, before, like, they all arrived, um, there were all these cops around, so I went over to talk to one of the cops, and then I asked him if they were planning on arresting anyone today, and then he looks at me weird, and he's like, well, why would we arrest people? And I, well, I was like, well, there's a big raw milk rally going on, and then he, and then he got this real strange look on his face, and he, and he was like, well, um, for rally, rallies, we only arrest people, um, because, um, the organizers, um, talk to us beforehand, and that's what civil disobedience is. I'm like, what? Huh? And then I was like, well, what about the um, do not cross um, police strip? Because they put a, um, a do not cross line right by the FDA headquarters. And then he was like, well, that's private property, and people are allowed to stand on public property, but not private property. And I'm like, well, that's the FDA headquarters. That's, you know, government property. That's, you know, we pay for that. And then he was like, ooh. Didn't know exactly how to respond to that particular yeah, aspect. Didn't know how to say to that. He just like got all like. Listen, lady, I've got a job to do. Get out of here. Uh, yeah. So, so no one was arrested. What was the turnout like? I mean, as far as there you know, were only a, a select group of mothers that were actually doing the the, the milk smuggling. Uh, but uh, what was the the turnout of supporters like? Um, there wasn't like a huge amount of people. Maybe about like sixty or seventy. But there were people pretty good. who came from like all across the U.S. Like, I'm, there were people from Kentucky. Um, Missouri, like all over, who came, and actually this one guy, farmer from Canada, who's on a month-long um, hunger strike, and he's just drinking water Jeez. because in Canada raw milk is totally banned. So he's wow. on a hunger strike to bring attention to that issue, and he came down. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that it went well, and it's rawmilkfreedomriders.com is the uh, the website. There's a Facebook there. Uh, I don't know. Are they done? Or are they going to do this again somehow? Is, is what's the next step here? Um. There's been um, talks about people doing it in their own states, so I guess just stay tuned. Awesome. Well, keep us in the loop. And, Ingrid, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Let's go to Mel listening. Also in Maryland, apparently, Mel, you were there, too. That's right. Um, I, myself and a friend of mine drove from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We left on Sunday morning and uh, traveled the 1,000 miles, and I brought wow. milk wow. with me over, I don't know, what is that, like five borders? Oh, um, and you're going to do time in five states. <laughs> that's right. Well, here's the here's the thing, and uh, you know, um, the FDA re- released a, a, a press. They had a press release today, and in it, they re- repeated that they do not enforce or um, uh, you know they don't follow up with the um, transportation of raw milk across state lines intended for personal consumption. Um, so they basically they were kind of trying to take the wind out of our sails. That was my interpretation. Like, well, we're not going to prosecute you because clearly you're just consuming this 
um, this is personal consumption. But um, if you step back and look at the intent of the FDA, there is, I, I'm sorry, I can't give you the exact location, but they have stated that within, by 2015 they'd like to eliminate the presence of raw dairy in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the critical... The, the awareness that we were that I had hoped would um, grow is that this is like the fine edge of the wedge. If they can begin to um, control our food sources and limit our access to foods that we choose, and obviously this is a message you, uh, you folks at the radio station have been talking about um, uh, for years, is that once they start to encroach on those freedoms, then when does it stop? Mm-hmm. And, and I, we see a, a threat to our food supply and nutritional supplements. And yeah, and so you've, got to, you've got to make a stand. Awareness, you've, you've got to put um, your foot down at some that, point. You know. Yeah, I want so, to ask I'm this, sorry. Mel, um, before you go on. I, I want to ask: Did you, did you bother? Did you sell some milk while you were there? I mean, you know, could well, you did, no, get somebody I, to buy I a glass it. for a dollar? Um, I, I brought you know like five or seven gallons, and I just said, "Hey, this milk crossed five borders. It's traveled a thousand miles." Um, and uh, and we did offer milk to the law enforcement, which I counted a total of 17 vehicles. And as the previous caller stated, Homeland Security was there, the local police were there, as well as a sheriff. Um, and uh, it was it was just interesting to see that kind of turnout. Mel, congratulations on your dedication, uh, willing to travel a thousand miles across five state borders to come out to this uh, this event. I I think that's heroic, yeah. and I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. Well, she was saying that the FDA sent out a press release saying that they don't enforce uh, any uh, follow-up with uh, transporting transporting raw milk that is for personal consumption. That's what they say. I, I wanted to ask her what milk isn't for personal consumption. Well, they, what they mean is they're going to go after the big, right. the big guys. They're going to go after the distributors, the people that are manufacturing it. Uh, we're coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 1-855-450-FREE. That's the number brought to you by SACL CAI. 855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. And we invite you on over to our website. Grab up the archives. They're all over there for you. In fact, they go back for years, all the way back to 2006. All of it free at freetalklive.com. Ruger has some uh, really great offerings for this model year. Uh, a new one is the SR40C. It is a compact version of the SR40, which is a, you know, it has the same recoil reducing uh, striker fired SR40 pistol. It this one is uh, slim, ergonomic, and it's um, you know, got like so many of the other great Ruger pistols, it has a lot of these great features. Um it has a short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, Amnidextrous controls. The SR40C has uh, two types of uh, slides. You can either get the throw-hardened stainless steel slide or the Nitrodox Pro Black Finish. You can see it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. Again, it's Ruger.com. 
Ruger.com. All right, 855-450-FREE. We were talking a moment ago, we're going to continue with your calls in a moment uh, as well, but we were talking about the Raw Milk Freedom Riders. It was an event that happened today in Washington, D.C., first time ever. Uh, people made a point of announcing in advance that uh, they were, some moms actually, made a point of announcing in advance they were going to be smuggling some milk, although I guess it wasn't really <laughs> smuggling because it wasn't done in secret. They were you know, promoting it that they were going to do this. Crossing state lines with raw milk. Uh, and converging on the capital in the United the uh, the Washington D.C. area at the Federal Drug Administration uh, building, and there were a bunch of cops that came out, and uh, dozens of people, around seventy perhaps, uh, folks showed up to support it's Food these, and Drug Administration people. Oh, thank you, thank you, Food and Drug Administration, the uh, you know the federal Food and Drug Administration agencies yeah. exactly. And was uh, we were talking during the break about how to take this to the next level, and you guys suggested it before, and it would be to actually sell the the the, the raw milk in front of the FDA to yeah. actually transact, vend without a permit. Don't, you don't have to ask anyone's permission. Just start selling milk. If customers uh, trust it, they'll buy it. And if you're doing the wrong thing, you're going to end up with no customers. So I, I think these people carrying safe milk are going to end up with a lot of happy customers. Uh, people who have drank uh, milk that's just not safe to drink and now they're going to be having the real thing so i think yeah. they'll enjoy it i don't know if uh i mean i had i drank usda homogenized pasteurized milk for uh, you know a good portion of my life never had any problems yeah, with it i don't feel it's unsafe but at, at the same time i know a lot of people really want to have that farm fresh milk for whatever reason they may be on the uh um you know a particular diet that they they want that or you know their you know whatever their belief system is i don't care what it is people should be able to drink whatever they want and you know that's what we drink at my house now we we get the 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 the, the milk that's been unpasteurized raw milk they call it my wife uh, my son has drank nothing but that as a matter of fact he was offered my wife was in a pickle one point uh, get, get offered him regular milk uh, the you know pasteurized homogenized milk and he didn't want anything to do with it he didn't yeah, want it it's, it's gross when by comparison in, in, in you know you're you're used to what you're used to so, uh, i guess so uh, so again on this case the fda had made a statement apparently that oh we're not going to mess with you get you moms we're not going to pick on you for personally transporting raw milk we want to go after the suppliers we want to crack down on the farmers those evil amish men that's right those amish guys families that are milking cows and just putting it into jars and selling it to people Glass isn't that jars. how the drug war started though oh we're just going after the uh, pushers of this stuff we're, we're not actually going after the users i don't know did it start that way i'm pretty I, sure they went after the you. users I, I thought that's how they got their wedge in was was saying that we're not going after the users of this stuff we just want to catch the people who are pushing it and to me that would be these uh these ladies who are just using the milk are are no threat but once they start selling it then uh, they're going to be giving the uh, FDA a bad name. I have a feeling that if, if, for instance, next month they were to go back and do this again, the FDA would still ignore them even if they sold some of it out front just because they sure. don't want the publicity. It doesn't look good. These are moms. One, oh, that, that lady, Mel, came a thousand miles for this. Yeah. I mean, this is how passionate these people are. And it's important to have passionate people in a situation like this. And the FDA isn't gonna, is not going to step in it and mess with these, these gals, well, I don't think. They know that if they target the farms and they target the distribution sure. chain, Take them out they're one going at a after time. businessmen and those are businessmen and women. And those people have more to lose. 
lose uh, you know more assets on the line and investment, and so they're going to be much easier cowed into cowed uh, into submission uh, by those jokes, those particular uh, actions on the FDA's part. So, and it was pointed out the FDA does have a goal apparently. Uh, so someone saw that uh, their goal is to wipe out raw milk in the United States uh, or the or the sales thereof. So. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a successful event. Clearly, rawmilkfreedomriders.com. Good on them for going out and and getting something done. And especially because they're moms, I think that's so powerful to have uh, ladies get out there who have children and who have a lot to lose. I mean, they could have been arrested if they were arrested. Their children could have been taken from them. So I mean, they really put a lot on the line today to go out and do this protest. I think it's also a great message coming from moms uh, who care about the health of their children that they are interested in uh, giving them the food that is good for them that they're saying in effect that the fda is doing a poor job at regulating their milk um just giving them not what they're demanding so i i think it's a strong message coming from these mothers absolutely let's continue with you and your thoughts you can bring up what you want Ray's in washington you're on free talk live with ian Derek, jay and mark hey guys i want to talk about the sex offenders back in the 70s but first let me say something about raw milk we had a cow, and we sold milk back in the early 70s. We bought milk, and we was about eight kids in my family. And uh, we, we never had these problems, and there was never – nobody chased after you if you sold milk. Mm-hmm. So I don't – you know, this this stuff has gotten out of hand. And it's bizarre, isn't go it? right along with what I'm going to say about sex offenders, okay? All right. Back in the 70s when I was, uh, say, 13 to 18 years old, we had these girls, and these girls liked to have sex. We didn't force them to have sex. They volunteered to have sex, and they didn't volunteer to have sex with just us. They volunteered to have sex with numerous guys. So, what's it, define girl? 14, huh? Define girl. You said girls. Girls. Okay, girls, ladies, whatever you want to call. I, I don't them. know how are old they, are they. A certain age. You know, these girls were probably from thirteen to sixteen, seventeen, maybe. Okay. Mm. And so today we've all been sex offenders. And another thing, the Age of consent in this country was probably down around 12 in a lot of states. Absolutely. Back when people used to get married years. then, yeah. The, the Loretta Lynn story, the coal miner's daughter, I believe, she was 12 um, at yeah, the time. A lot of our great-grandfathers were child molesters, I guess. Is that what it was? <laughs> That's what they would have you believe. But, of course, to call a teenage uh, girl or boy a child, I think, is really ludicrous because I think the difference You just between, called them girls and boys. <laughs> I think uh, I, I didn't call them that. You said I? to call a teenage girl or okay, boy. Okay, good point. A teenage lady, <laughs> yeah. a young person, yes. to call a teenager a child <laughs> is ludicrous. Because they haven't developed sexually, and a child hasn't developed sexually in any way, shape, or form. I get really, um, conf- I get a little concerned when you're talking about ages like 13. You know, for whatever, whatever people have their own, uh, you know, their own personal number that's okay for them, and usually it's about where theirs was. Um, but you know. I do know that different folks do different things. I mean, am I willing to say that Loretta Lynn's husband, to whom she was married her whole life, you know, I heard their marriage had ups and downs. I don't know anything about it. I don't care. She was, they were married their whole life. Am I willing to call him a sex offender because his wife was 12 when they got married? No, I'm not. And I don't think, you know, I mean, it's, I, I guess this is a situation that families need to deal with. And, uh, you know, why, I guess, um, I would be asking is your 12 year old running around having sex with people. Well, you know, here's, here's another one that would really knock you out. I live outside of Philadelphia in southern New Jersey, and there was these biker gangs called the Warlocks and the Pagans. 
And they would have these girls who were around anywhere from 14, maybe to 16, join up. And these girls would volunteer to have sex with 30 guys. Oh, my. So what do we do there? I mean, you know, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. These, you weren't raping these girls. And, and to be honest, when I was a young boy, say 14, 15, and you had a 30-year-old attractive teacher come on to you, believe me, we wouldn't be going to the cops. That's yeah, for right. sure. But we Thanks, Ray, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. By the way, I thought I, thought I remembered this right. No, I was. Elvis and Priscilla, she was 14 hmm. when they met. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. And we invite you on over to our website over at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by going to shop with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find all manner of products because you're going to link over to Amazon where... If you've been to Amazon before, you know they've got pretty much anything you might be looking to buy. And you can go to shop.freetalklive.com, click into the Amazon link that's right for your country, get your shopping done, and feel good because you're getting the stuff you want at a great deal, and you are helping support Free Talk Live. So something I just bought uh, the other day was one of those outdoor smoking – I don't know what you call it. It's like a – it's not an ashtray because it's not a tray. It's one of those – it looks like a pyramid almost where the, it goes up real, real tall it's a- to- to the top keeper yeah it's like a butt depository thing (laughs) and uh you know there's like a little hole at the very top so there's not much oxygen that can get in there and so you just drop the purposes yeah yeah basically it it suffocates the cigarettes when you drop them in and i bought one of those for the uh, the keen activist center so people don't catch it on fire anymore Yeah, I heard that happened, actually. Yeah, so uh, shop.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Liberty Forum is uh, February the 23rd to the 26th. It's one of the largest liberty gatherings in the world, and you can be part of it. It'll be at the elegant uh, Nashua Crown Plaza. And so far, the speakers include uh, Joe Salatin. Is that how you say it, uh, Ian? I have no idea. Yeah, he's uh, one of the keynote speakers. He's author of uh, You Can Farm, Clark Neely from the Institute of Justice, Jack Spearco, he's a survival expert. Michael Cloud from the Center for Small Government. Just go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You can sign up there with coupon code FTL2012. Yeah, you should totally do that because the Liberty Forum is awesome. February 23rd through the 26th. It's going to be your first time, Derek. I can't wait. It's exciting. I'm, I'm so excited for the Liberty Forum. I'm jazzed up. I'm looking forward to it. It's, been, it's going to be uh, two years since I've been because the last one was in 2010. Uh, so they skipped, they skipped a year, and hopefully they're going to be bringing it back to an annual event starting next year. It's a really great event. 
Yeah. So freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Our code FTL2012 will save you 10% on the already low early bird prices. And we're going to be there broadcasting as well. That's correct. Every single night, as a matter of fact. Now then, uh, last, the very beginning of the show, we began telling our experience of the day, uh, yeah, Derek. We, we had some motions that I filed, a, a motion to record, a motion to wear sunglasses. I didn't mention that I also filed a motion not to stand for the judge. Right. <laughs> All of them were <laughs> Which is the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that I've ever heard of that happening. Oh I've been God. to a lot. Of, I've been to a lot of trials, and I've never heard of anyone filing a motion to not stand for the judge. Now, I have not filed a motion to do that, but I have sort of uh, passed it with the head bailiff. That look, <laughs> man, I'm a Quaker. I'm not going to be standing for any judges, okay? Um, I'd like to not go to jail today. Let me know if this judge is going to give me any trouble. That way, I'll go use the bathroom at a strategic time. I see. So I've gotten sort of dispensation. Normally I just stay seated and I don't worry about asking anybody or saying anything to anyone. But you took it from a different direction today, Derek. And I have to say, I was really surprised with what happened. You filed a motion to wear sunglasses in court <laughs> and to not stand for the judge. And they were approved. Yeah, all, all of them were granted. And uh, the bailiff did not, he was not happy about all the things. I, I walked into the courtroom wearing sunglasses. Um, they, he was right away, take those off. I said, oh, no, I, I filed a motion. It's okay. And it's like, well, I haven't seen it yet, so take them off. And I just would rather leave. So I left and, and just recorded from outside the courtroom and until I got word that all my motions had been granted. So it was terrific. Um, I was amazed by it. Now, this bailiff was on a power trip over you today because not only did he tell you to take off the glasses, but later when you were in court, uh, when you had your glasses on, it seemed like everything was okay. At one point, you turned around and uh, you handed a don't take the plea deal flyer to the guy that was sitting behind you, and then the bailiff came back up again. Right. Well, this gentleman behind me was talking about how he was planning on not taking the plea deal, and I thought, well, this is perfect. I hand out this literature here. Uh, take a look at this pamphlet. I think you would enjoy it. And he was enjoying it. And the bailiff came over and no said, enjoyment. Yeah, he said, you can't hand out literature here. You shouldn't disperse literature. If you want to do that, you can do it outside. And um, I, you know, calmly retorted that I believe this property belongs to this gentleman and I'm just returning it to him now. And just gave it back to him and said it loud enough so that the audience in the courtroom could hear. And they all gave him stink eyes. They, I mean, the people who were looking around were like, why are you bothering that kid? He, he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't making noise. Right, wasn't you weren't anybody. making a commotion or anything like that. <laughs> and this guy comes over just to trust, just to try to exert control over you. And I thought you handled it so well. I mean, you just basically just batted him right back as well. I was just giving this back to this Go gentleman. sit down, grumpy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I appreciate some, some comments came from the peanut gallery in... Uh, was saying how you know he just enjoys his power trip that's that's yeah. just what these people like to do oh yeah that's when i started to speak <laughs> up and just kind of trash talk a little bit on on that guy because he's out of control is this so, um is this in a court that, that i'm familiar with is this, no, this is concord okay district. i just want to make sure i guess these guys come in all um come in every place there's yeah, always little, one little of tyrants everywhere. trolls everywhere yeah Oh, speaking of trolls, we'll get to that story here in a little bit. So you got approved on everything, and the trial went forth. We, of course, sat through all of these different hearings, which were mostly plea deals and arraignments and things like that. And so they cleared out the courtroom, probably about 90% of the people they went through about most of all of those cases before they called my case up there. And uh, there's going to be video of this posted, I presume, over at uh, FreeKeen or FreeConquered.org, one or the other. We'll get it up yep. there at some point. 
and uh, basically it went so well. I was found guilty, which is what I expected, because the way their statute is written, even if you didn't park the car, if it's your car and someone else parked it and didn't pay the parking fine or the, 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 the didn't put money in the meter, you're responsible. So the way the statute is written, you know, you're completely responsible for anyone driving your car, basically, uh, when it comes to parking. But you got to ask your witness some really great questions that um, the judge even heard out. The uh, prosecution was objecting to almost everything that you had asked, Ian. Actually, they didn't object as much as I thought they would. Um, I was surprised. Calling the Constitution irrelevant took me oh, by yeah. surprise. Oh, but sh- that didn't surprise me. I do that <laughs> stuff all the time. How how in the world could the Constitution be irrelevant and the judge expect his his decision to be taken seriously? I, they've done it in so many trials that I've been lost to count, yeah. that, that I couldn't even you know I, I couldn't even address it. They they want nothing to do with the Constitution. I think it's good to get it on the record though that the judge thinks that the Constitution is irrelevant and here oh, he is presiding over this jurisdiction. Right. Right. Absurd. So, so the the state calls up their their witness, who is the parking enforcement officer, and I had a series of questions written out uh, that I asked this lady, and she was like a deer in headlights. This woman terrified. She can't testify woman. very often. No, no. I mean, ne- probably never, but uh, th- certainly never like this. And so I I asked her a variety of different questions, and some of them she couldn't even wrap her head around. She couldn't Could even you follow. email me these questions too, because I'm going to be um, handling this with another parking sure, sure. agent. She, she couldn't even follow or comprehend one of the questions. I had to rephrase it six times, and I I still don't think she even really got what where I was coming from. And listeners, that's not an exaggeration. He really rephrased it six times. <laughs> yeah. I, apo- I, like, I apologize if I'm being obtuse. Uh, let me try this again. And it, it, it wasn't confusing. I checked with you guys that were watching. I was like, well, was I, well, what I was saying, was it confusing? Crystal clear. Yeah, okay. So like, she kept thinking that I was accusing her of doing things I wasn't. I was just asking her questions. Uh, <laughs> she thought this was like this adversarial thing. But the most interesting part about it, and what I consider to be the most successful part, was I asked the question, are you on duty? And she said yes. So this was not a situation where she's getting paid on her off time. Because if you get if they call them in on their off day, then they get paid overtime, which is a whole bunch of money for them. Mm. So that's why I wanted to find out was whether she was getting overtime pay. So she says yes. And I said, well... If you were out on the streets right now, because that's what you would be doing, right? Going out and handing out tickets. Yeah. And at one point there was an objection and the judge wanted to hear this line of questioning out. So he let me keep going. And I said, well, how many tickets would you have given out by now this morning? If you were out on the street, because you were in here at around 8 o'clock and you know, now it's around 11. So you've been here you know, two and a half, three hours. How many tickets would you have given out by now? 25, she says. And I was I was kind of struck by that. I thought, wow, that's a lot more than, than I even expected. <laughs> and I said, well, how much is it per ticket? $10 per ticket. So you mean to tell me that uh, you would have gotten – oh, no, I asked her, well, of the 25 tickets, how many of them are going to be paid? Like right away with no issue. How many of them are just going to get paid? Right. She said the majority of them, super majority of them, almost almost all of them. And uh, so I said, so would it be fair to say that you would have probably gotten about $200 in revenue if you had been out on the streets this morning? And she admitted that she would have. She couldn't right. understand She couldn't understand why that was uh, perhaps maybe, oh, I don't know, a problem financially, like <laughs> where they're spending all this money to go after me over a $40 ticket yeah. and spending all this time and all this effort 
And she just she just could not connect that as to why that was a problem. Okay, look here, dummy. <laughs> you would have made two hundred and fifty bucks, but you guys are sitting in here hassling me over forty. And don't forget that judge is getting paid, that prosecutor is yeah. getting paid, everybody's getting paid, and you're only doing it not for money. You're doing it to make your crap look legitimate. Yeah. It's it's ludicrous, and you can't even prove I parked the car. No, they sure couldn't. She admitted that too. More coming up here. Eight five five four fifty free. You can take control. Hour three's next. Free talk live. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. FreeTalkLiveSolar.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Derek J. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. We're recapping uh, from what happened this morning. We got up bright and early. Uh, Derek, you and uh, and uh, some other great activist folks from the area took a trip up to Concord, and uh, we uh, attended my trial for a parking ticket that I'd received at the 420 uh, celebration earlier this year. I, of course, took it to trial because, well, you know, there's really no risk in taking little things like a parking ticket to trial. Some people would say, well, you shouldn't take the plea deal if you're facing a felony. And, you know, maybe it, maybe it's not the right thing to do in those cases. Everybody's got their, their choice they need to make about whether or not to take the plea deal. But I like to, to suggest to people that they not take the plea deal. So I need to set the example and not take the plea deal. And so that's what I did with the, the parking ticket thing. Went to trial. Uh, there was some shenanigans by the court uh, officers early on. If you missed what we talked about uh, in the, the first and second hour, you're welcome to go back at freetalklive.com and, and revisit that. But we were talking about the actual trial portion where the in any parking ticket trial, usually there's only one witness, and that's the parking enforcement officer. So the people calling themselves the state called her up there, and they went through their usual rigmarole of uh, how long have you worked for the state, and you know what do you do, and did you see, you know, did you leave this ticket on this car, and blah blah blah. You know, kind of going through the the alleged facts of the case. And so when I get up, I've got three pages worth of questions uh, for this lady. <laughs> and as you said, Mark, she's probably never even had to testify before, and certainly she's never had to answer any questions. Uh, like this no doubt so <laughs> not you know, your questions that's for sure so i'm not going to go through everything that i said but there's certainly some relevant points and, and i think you mentioned uh during the the break that i asked her if she'd ever read the constitution and she said no 
She's just shocking. Yeah, she never swore an oath to the Constitution to, to become what is essentially a police role. She works as part of the police department yeah. as an enforcer, but she doesn't know what the Constitution says. She's never read it. So actually, I had an excerpt from the New Hampshire Constitution. Uh, it's Article 3, which talks about entering into society. And it's, it says, when men enter into a state of society, they surrender up some of their natural rights to that society in order to ensure the protection of others. And without such an equivalent, the surrender is void. And what that statement mm-hmm. says is it essentially defines what it means to be a citizen. That statement says that to be a citizen, you give up rights, and in return, you get protection. But if they don't protect you, then the deal's – it's no deal. It's void. And right. so I, They're not fulfilling their end of the contract. And they never do. And there's uh, there are court cases, and I cited one of them uh, that uh, – let's see, it's Warren versus the District of Columbia that has – shown over and over again the supreme court has said that uh, we have no obligation the government people have no obligation to give you any services they have no obligation to protect you and so my my line of questioning there was essentially well you know wouldn't i need to be a part of your society to be subject to parking regulations oh yeah of course you're part of society you're part of our society well wait a minute according to your own society's supreme court uh you don't have an obligation to provide me any protection, so therefore the deal's void. Of course, the judge didn't want to dismiss the case after that point. And I, I motioned to dismiss like five or six times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just keep motioning to dismiss. Yeah. Well, it, it was perfect. Even after um, she answered some questions improperly, uh, you said, no, I, I've got to dismiss because this uh, the only witness who's been called up is incompetent. Oh, yeah. So... I, she was properly embarrassed to her credit when she admitted that she hadn't read the Constitution. What surprised me is that she didn't seem embarrassed when you asked her if she had any video or photographic evidence of the car being uh, illegally parked or to which having she said not she paid did the not. fine. Right, but she wasn't embarrassed about not having evidence for this. <laughs> well, because right. she knows she'll be taken at her word. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, it's all you have to do is say, no, I wasn't there. And and then they should be at an impasse, right? I mean, like they've, they've got one person says yes and one person says no, but no, by no means, not even for a moment will they step down and say, well, it's possible that our uh, you know illustrious law enforcement officer is mistaken. Yeah, I mean, this is really. Uh, I said earlier it was a banner day for. Right. There should be a picture of at least the parking meter saying that that this is expired. I mean, isn't it possible she sees meter after meter after meter right. every day that she's made a mistake as to whether one one is uh, expired or not? Right. Well, it appeared that she'd made a mistake too because when I got the original ticket, it had one box checked for one section of the code, but then later they amended it and checked a different box on the ticket, and she claimed she didn't write that. She claimed it was someone else. She claimed she wrote out the original, like the printer, the like the, the printed version, the pre-ticket. motion to dismiss. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that didn't work. Got the got the ticket written up wrong. Right, not so clear. They, they screwed it up. Clearly, some somebody messed up because the original claim was that I'd parked in an area where there's no parking allowed anytime, and then they changed it to be you parked in an area without paying the meter. So it was like a totally different charge uh, halfway through it. So anyway, none of that stuff worked, and I didn't expect it to, but I did expect to spend some of their time, and this woman was in there as long as we were. She was there waiting from the beginning of court, yeah. just like we were. Just waiting and waiting and waiting. And she admitted that she would have given out 25 tickets in about two-something hours. That and that's the, 10 bucks that she, a pop. That she was there. So she could have earned 200 225 you know, to $250 for their revenue you know, in the, the police department there for the city of Concord, but no, instead, they decided to spend hours of their time, including the prosecutor's time, to send me all the discovery and respond to motions and things like that as, as I had kind of sure, prepared. Sure, got to do it. They have to make an example of people who don't who buck the system. Well, that's basically what she said. I, I asked her, well, doesn't that seem 
uh, doesn't it seem counterintuitive to you to be in here trying to get 40 bucks out of me when you could be out there earning 200 and, $250? And her answer was, well, that's the system. And it is. Yeah. But it doesn't strict. have to be like that. Nope. Because we know they've dropped a chart, they've dropped a parking ticket on you in Keene. They dropped one of Dale's uh, parking tickets. Mm-hmm. So we know that they can drop these things. And that's the system, too. So they didn't have to do this today. Maybe this was their first experience dealing with somebody actually taking a parking ticket uh, well, seriously. What will like often happen in um, you know, municipalities that aren't used to dealing with free staters in the civil disobedience arena mm-hmm. is that they'll say, well, those people in Keene and Weir, they're just uh, doing it wrong. The, what you've got to do is you've got to crack down on these people. You've got to show them who's boss. <laughs> That's what every one of them thinks. And then, you know, sure. they're like – by the time they're done, they're like, oh, God, we're dealing we with people done? that won't learn anything. <laughs> yeah. Let them wear themselves out. <laughs> How do we get the stupid civil disobedient activists? And, you know, they just want they just want it to go away. This was <laughs> priceless. This whole thing. I mean, it, even if I actually did have to pay, which I'm not, uh, I'm not going to pay their fine. Even if I actually did have to pay, it would have been worth it just to get the video footage of this, this woman sitting there looking with the most blank <laughs> look on her face. I would ask her a question sometimes, and she would just look at me, and there would just be this long, extended silence there, much longer than I'll allow on the air on this show. <laughs> and she would just sit there and look at me, and I'd look straight into her eyes and just wait for her to answer the question. And she just, in half the time, she, her answer was completely non-responsive. It did not actually, you know, answer my question in any way, shape, or form. And sure, she 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 showed that she didn't comprehend uh, what the what the question was. So that was interesting enough. But the fact that I got to save. 25 people from getting a new parking ticket that day here here that's the win from today even though i was found guilty i saved people money and hassle and frustration by taking that woman off the streets for two or three hours that's huge if if any person even for the five dollar tickets or even a more expensive ticket whatever it is whatever people can do to tie up the system i think that's that's going to be huge if if uh 30 people aren't getting tickets every time yep that someone takes this to court, I mean, gosh. They'll figure it out eventually, won't they? I mean, They've got to. Right? If, if people keep taking these things to court, they're eventually going to say, oh, crap, we can't keep this woman off the, the, off of uh, the streets all day long. They're learning it already. I mean, in yeah. Keene, uh, they have dropped my parking ticket. Uh, I think it's been twice now. Maybe it's once. I don't mm. remember. They've dropped them because they're having to shut down the courts here because they don't have enough money. Not anymore. They, they've yeah, stopped, not, that, not anymore. stopped that. They've gotten the, 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 the Republicans have been voted in in New Hampshire, and they're making sure <laughs> that yeah. law and order must be, well, must be maintained. The parking enforcement people themselves probably won't figure it out but and that's the problem i think with this like compartmentalization of of these different offices this lady didn't even realize the money that she was wasting by being there so i don't know when they're going to figure it out it's going to be a while the prosecutor should figure it out at some point but she was just there because she was told to be and thank just, goodness she was. Just a we, saved, we saved people some money today. We got some good video. And I was con- uh, convicted, and it was supposed to be 40 bucks, but I actually got them down to $10. Where are we going to see the video? I don't Freekeen. know. Freekeen.com. Yeah, it'll be up on Freekeen eventually, freekeen.com. More coming up here, uh, 855-450-FREE. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. 
Your dollars are going down. Learn more about bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight with you, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. We also invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com gets you there. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. In the, the course of my business, I listen to... To a lot of radio and podcasts, and you know, one of them that I make sure that I don't miss is VerbalSurgery.com. It's uh, done by a friend of mine, Tim Cummins, and he has this—I um, don't even uh, you know know how to describe it. This is this positive thinking kind of podcast that really makes you feel good. Uh, there's these subliminal messages in it, and when you're done listening, you'll feel better. Now, I you know, I love my listeners. Wait, I'm telling you, what? they're really subliminal messages. He, uh, he has some kind of system and i can't remember what the name of it is i've spoken to him about it a couple of times and it's you know he's got some kind of system that he's uh you know worked with that essentially you know gives positive messages to your brain i don't know if it's subliminal it's not like they're entered in there like back masking on a um on a record or anything like that but you know i mean there's positive messages it makes you feel good and you can feel good by listening to verbal surgery at verbalsurgery.com you'll be happy you did well, I, I think that you're feeling good because he gives you good ideas and you can imply, you can apply those to your life. I don't think that's there, entirely the, the technology as the people that implement it understand it. Yeah, um, there could also be positive vibrations, right? Some, something. I, I don't know. I should have him on again and talk to him about it. He wants to um, he's, he's offered to do an interview for me and I probably should do that because I w- really want to know more about this technology. So, found found guilty of a parking ticket today, saved people from being ticketed, saved at least 25 people from being ticketed because the woman who was the parking meter uh, attendant, the uh, parking enforcer, as they're called, was sitting in court for three hours, and she couldn't be on the streets ticketing people, so I'm more than happy to have been found guilty. And I'd actually been happy to to pay the fine, but of course I don't do that stuff. So when the end of the trial came, I was found guilty to get to the sentencing portion of the trial. I uh, then at that point pointed out the the prosecutor wanted to get 40 bucks out of me and i pointed out hey wait a minute isn't this a 10 dollar ticket and didn't you raise the fee the fee on this even after i'd already challenged it because the first thing i did when i got this parking ticket was i sent in a peace ticket and as i said you can go to shiresociety.com click on the tools section to see what the peace ticket looks like i sent in a response it wasn't the response they were looking for and that i didn't check any box on their ticket i sent in my own ticket in response to it and actually the judge uh, was basically the prosecutor admitted admitted to the judge that yeah i had responded she didn't tell him about the peace ticket or anything like that she just said (laughs) i responded and so the judge was like well this then this is a ten dollar ticket not a forty dollar ticket thank goodness oh my goodness so it actually ended up getting cut down to a ten dollar ticket and i said i'll tell you what i'll make an offer to an alternative payment i'll I'll cut a fifty dollar check to a local charity instead of paying this uh, to you guys and the judge he got kind of weird about that yeah he was saying oh i you know i really wish i could do that he was smiling and almost yeah. laughing just saying yeah i really i understand what you're doing but i wish i could do it i just can't so then i pointed out well wait a minute your counterpart uh the the man that wears the robe in keen ed burke has allowed me to give alternative payments to charity rather than pay the court Twice. I've asked twice and it's been granted twice. So how for can, a lot more money than ten dollars. Yeah, for over a grand in one case. So how is it that he can do it but you can't? You're both district court judges. 
He didn't really have much of an answer for that. He just said he couldn't do it. Then he suggested that I uh, put a motion in writing, which is the weird thing. Every time that I've been granted the ability to pay a fine that is issued by the state, like I've lost a trial, they they say you owe X, X dollars, and I want to pay it to a charity instead of the state, which is a great way to handle that situation in yeah, my mm-hmm. opinion. You can you know you can always go work it off in uh, you know as far as uh, community service, but I don't want to spend the time. I'd rather I can afford it. I'd rather just you know cut the check and let the community group buy some more food for homeless folks or or whatever, whatever it is they want to do. So. I mean, I don't consider not-for-profits necessarily to be the most efficient use of uh, time and Better energy court. for an individual, but it's certainly more so. They're certainly more so than the court. They're actually helping people as opposed to what the court's doing. So, but the the times this has happened, it's only ever been approved in writing when I've made the offer because I made the offer twice verbally in front of two different judges now, oh. and they've been rejected verbally. But every time I make the offer in writing, they're always accepted. Wow. What's up with that? Do you think w- the first time that you made the offers in of, like verbally was it on video? Yeah, it was always in front of a court. Uh, well, maybe the the judge just didn't want that on the video record right. because that that's got to be it. That type of communication is really powerful when people are are seeing. Oh, look what happens if I just offer to send my money somewhere else yeah. other than the state. They accept it, so I'm going to do that. So, yeah, so I, I, have, I think they don't want that message getting out there. I think you're probably right about that. And Could I, be. Yeah. And uh, But, of course, the message is getting out anyway. But they don't know that, right? <laughs> so so that was that. That was our trial. And, you know, we went off. We went to uh, to have some lunch. And kind of on the way when we were driving, there was another uh, yeah. little adventure we there was, had. There was some trouble getting back. Uh, you know, I took a wrong turn. Sorry about that, guys. And uh, just went a little bit too far down the road and missed my exit. Drove a few miles in the wrong direction. So then I saw a place to turn around. And and you were getting off. What There was toll booths coming up. But this exit came up right before the toll booth. So I thought, oh, we're good. We're not going yeah, to have to go Yeah, thank goodness. I know. I was so nervous. My, my GPS was telling me, like, turn around now. Um, because there were toll booths coming. And I did want to avoid them. So I just asked this woman... Unfortunately, a, a toll booth uh, came up my way, and I right, asked. So even if, though we had gotten off at the exit, they still had a toll booth. So there's no way for us to avoid the toll booth. Even though what you were going to do is just do a quick U-turn and get right back on the interstate. Yeah, I just wanted to turn around. I didn't want to even drive on the stretch of road I was on. I just w- had no interest in being there. I wanted to go home uh, in the right direction. So I stop at this uh, toll booth and I ask this this woman there if if I can turn around. And, you know, this shriveled, old, scratchy-throated woman yells out her window to me. She looked like she should have had a witch hat on, like she just put it away from Halloween. Seriously. And she's, like, saying she's going to charge me both ways that, you know, going through this booth and then on my U-turn This has happened to me, too. I was livid and outraged it probably was the same place you know you make a wrong turn and you've got to pay double because they put the stinking toll booth she in. actually told you you had to go you had to pay both ways i don't recall that yeah she she was saying it's a dollar and she was uh, saying here you know you have to go this right. way and this way so i hand her a dollar and then she turns and gives me back 50 cents and says go ahead make a u-turn at this point i think okay i'm good she's just charging me one way and so i roll through and Am careful to intentionally run over her orange cones. No, so hold on a second. The- hold on. No, they weren't orange cones. She called them cones later. I right, think. but they weren't cones. <laughs> they were like these long cylindrical pole things that kind of bend. So, like if somebody yeah. hits it, they, they'll they'll flip back up. <laughs> and so we we just had just pulled through. You'd just gotten the change from this this hag, and uh, we 
we just pulled through. Maybe you'd gone hmm, 10 feet away from yeah, where the, the toll booth far. was. And Derek says, this is what I think of your toll or something. Like this. I think you said something like that. This is what I think of your toll. And you just cut the car over and just ran right over top of one of these things. As, as many cones as I could knock over, or cylindrical floppy things as I could knock over. That's what I was going for. And that wasn't enough. I had to back up and run over them again. Just so she could see them. Well, by this time, she's yelling out the toll booth at you. Hey, fix those cones. Pick those up. And you're, you're like, what? Huh? Oh, I can't hear you. I don't understand. I'm confused. I don't know what you want me to do. And she's screaming, pay me. You owe me 50 cents. Don't you pass. <laughs> but so I just you, sped off laughing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so the question is, are, gonna, are they going to come after Derek for the 50 cents? They could. They could do it. They have my picture. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. More coming up. This is Free Talk Kids, Live. we don't navigate this behavior. <laughs> Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. show is Free Talk Live. We call it that because you can take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. Bring up whatever you'd like. 1-855-450-3733. Tonight here with you, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. We invite you over to our website over at freetalklive.com, and you can get interactive in various different ways. You can also receive the latest on Free Talk Live by joining the news updates list. Now, there's different ways you can receive that information. One is our email list. The others are Twitter or Facebook. So go and get signed up with whatever one works best for you over at news.freetalklive.com. Bitcoins are a technology that has the potential for changing the world. Um, you know, every once in a while, a piece of technology will come along like this. The Internet's a good example. I mean, imagine how our lives have been changed. What they haven't created yet is a currency for the Internet. Um, and Bitcoins are that. They are uh, you know, a, a special sort of unbreakable code, or at least I guess nothing's unbreakable, but darn difficult to break. Uh, they're not, it's not breakable today. And you can find out more about these things uh, at weusecoins.com. Um, I have them. Ian, you've got them. I've uh, bought things with them, sold things with them. Uh, you you know, purchased them for the commod- purposes of commodities. It's Bitcoins. It's amazing stuff. It's weusecoins.com. Dot org or com, your choice. It's both, right? Yes. Okay, good. So uh, we've been just kind of talking about personal court experiences uh, today, some of the adventures uh, that Derek and I and uh, some other lovely activists uh, had here in uh, in New Hampshire, as, of course, we moved here as part of the Free State Project. Uh, a bunch of liberty-loving people all converging to the same place to, to get active. I wouldn't be doing this stuff if I didn't have backup. I wouldn't go and... And go and take you know things to trial if I didn't know people were out there supporting it. And so thank you, Derek, for for coming along. Today. Oh gosh, yeah, it's it's my pleasure. I I get excited hearing that there's uh, activism going on, and it's nice to be able to just tag along and and be a part of it. Um, yeah, we with, all had with lunch short notice. Yeah, it's, and it was a great. lovely day out, uh, and it was great weather too here in New Hampshire. Good driving weather. Yeah, exactly. So Mark, you actually had a parking ticket experience too. Yeah, um, I, I, I got a parking ticket, um, and I. 
it's my belief that if that the plea bargains, which is what paying your fine is, plea bargains are a detriment to everybody. If a um, plea bar, and you know, by the way, paying your fine, I guess in this case, since you're not plea bargaining, plea bargaining for anything lower, you're just pleading guilty and taking the maximum yeah, penalty. But you know, I think that they they're really um, a detriment to everybody. They're not a they don't help society. If if society is, uh, um, you know, if a person is dangerous, why would you want to bargain with that dangerous person? I mean. Take it, give them to court, give them a fair trial. Once they get their fair trial, give fair. them the sentence, right? Wasn't a fair trial. That's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, if, you know, the victim, how are they helped? I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe I parked on somebody's space. They Maybe they were harmed. I mean, that person needs uh, recompense. Uh, how does it help them? The only people that uh, plea bargains help are the criminal and government bureaucrats, Mm -hmm. neither of whom anybody really wants to help. So I think that there should be no plea bargaining. That's why I believe everything should be taken to court. I also think that there's a problem with sort of the, uh, the, the legality of parking tickets. How can you charge me for what my vehicle, the only thing you can prove is that my vehicle's parked in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Not that I have done anything. So I, what am I guilty of? Yeah, that's that's a great point. What you, did I do? How can you be brought to the stand for the positioning of your of a car which you are not in? In this case, I'll go out on a limb and I'll tell everybody, I didn't park that car. I didn't park the car there. So how in the world are you going to charge me? Statute with, says I can. With the car being parked there. That's the system, Mark. They Statute say they charge so. the car, is what they say. And I'm, I'm like, you're, you, un, you are aware that the car doesn't have a wallet or a job and can't feel chastened and chagrined that it committed the, car. the cr- They charge the person That's that what, owns look, the car. Look, I'm only telling you what the lady behind the glass okay. said, okay? They charge the owner of the car. And she asked me why I was uh, disputing it. I said, well, you know, you can file discovery and find out, but I don't want to give you any information on my case. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and what she did to get get me back a little little jab is they wouldn't make a you know they wouldn't uh, get an agreement from me as to when this case goes they they're like your date's November the seventh I'm going to be in a cruise you can find out more about cruise.freetalklive.com I'm going to be in a cruise on November the seventh so she's like well you're going to have to take it up with the court oh okay man. now now understand this. That means that there's a prejudiced relationship between the judicial and the executive in this circumstance. If the executive can set my court date while I'm standing there in front, I mean, they didn't even, they just said, this is the date. They, there is no agreement. If these are supposed to be two equal parties, the defendant and the plaintiff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that the idea. Be, that would be my understanding. That's yeah, the you're big freaking lie behind the judicial system that there's two uh, adversarial uh, parties that are equal. How come? How come I didn't get to set the date? Why didn't I get to say, "Oh yeah, well, why don't you just? We'll just go in on December the sixteenth. We'll be there on Christmas Day then. <laughs> you, you can meet me there on Christmas Day, and if you don't like it, you can stick it up your butt. I mean, you know, why? Why is it that the the police get to set the date in this circumstance? Because <laughs> it's their system. Well. Absolutely true, but yeah. it's not supposed to be. So yeah. I filed a motion to dismiss based on, um, you know, prejudice uh, that, that there's denied. A, yeah, uh, they haven't, you know, undone anything. I did it today. Yeah, but I'm predicting. Yeah, I, I suspect you're probably <laughs> right. I don't have, you know, I have no problem. You're gonna give, okay? I've screwed around with you guys. Five dollars worth of entertainment. Here you go. But I think <laughs> it's important to point out to them their own. Um, 
prejudice, right? That sure, they may not be aware. They they might not be aware. It it may cross some bureaucrat's desk, and they'll say, you know, I haven't really thought about this. I got into this job because I care about justice, and here I am, uh, just contorting it. Some so. of them probably do care about justice. I'm I mean, sure that's why they got into the business, right? It, it does happen. They don't just want to push people around. That, that can't be everyone in this. Not system, everybody. Right? <laughs> so I, I hope that uh, more people will will file um, emotions for what was it? That was Dismissal based on prejudice? In that case, it was, um, you know, because of the, the situation of them setting the, um, the, the date of the trial without any kind of agreement from me. Well, gosh, I, I just think the more motions, the better. Just make them yep. think about what they're yeah. doing. I'm just going to bombard them in paper. I don't care whether I get found guilty or innocent or whatever. None of these things ha- matter to me. This at least make be, them work, right? This is a hobby. By the way, that can't be a trial date that they set because you need to have time it to file for some discovery. kind of arraignment date yeah, or something a, like that. Some I, kind of a pretrial hearing. They're probably going to try to offer you some sort of a deal or or whatever. They but, didn't do it the last time. They just you know said, okay, here's your date. And they said, no, they're not going to give. But this me is any. such an important form of activism. I I, I, I can't stress this enough to take little stuff to trial there's little there's no risk like they with this parking tickets I, look i can't speak for other places besides new hampshire but you get a parking i can't ticket. speak for new hampshire i've heard that in dover they uh they'll charge you more for taking a, a ticket to trial a parking ticket i've That's never seen I've it happen i've never but seen this is, that this is also activism that can happen anywhere it can if, if you're if you're listening in you know Bodunk part of the the country, then but you have to. Because be they love careful. being referred to as Bodunk when they live there. No, hold right. up, hold up. <laughs> you have to be careful about that though, Derek. Because if you're just going into this blind, then you could find that you could find out that by taking it uh, something to trial that they may assess you with what they call court costs in some places, which could be hundreds of dollars. So you may think, well, I'm going to take this ten dollar parking ticket to trial; it's going to be no big deal. And then, boom, you get hit with uh, you know two hundred fifty dollars in court costs. So you really need to know exactly what it is That's your system point. is going to, how your system is going to behave. Which is I really so wasn't valid. aware of that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought if you got a traffic ticket, you know, they had to take it to court. I, I kind of thought it was free. Am, am I under no, the wrong impression no. here? In fact, in fact justice okay. is supposed to be free, and many constitutions will say just that. Yeah, the New Hampshire it's Constitution says it's supposed mm-hmm. to be free, right? And so. they don't—they don't actually believe that what it says. Okay, but you know, you look at places like California, and there's going to be completely different rules. Plus, in other courts, they don't allow you to even have a video camera. So, if you don't have a video camera, how can you even show other people how this is done? How can you inspire them? How can you encourage them? So, That's while a good you point. while you can do these things in other places, it carries a much greater level of risk. You look at uh, Julian Heiklin, the heroic, fully informed jury association activist, the jury nullification guy. He's great. He is great. Unfortunately, he's been sentenced to over 150 days in jail in the state of Florida because he stood outside of courthouse and handed out FIJA information. He handed out jury nullification flyers. He flyered in a public place and was sentenced to approximately six months in jail. It's crazy. So, I mean, no. Just if you want to do that stuff... Make sure you know what you're getting into first, and I would still highly recommend keep your head down, move to New Hampshire, and come to a place where you can have backup, where people, where you can go to some trials before you decide to put your feet in the water, and you can experience what it's like to be in these courts so you know what you're, at least something of what to expect. More coming up. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts. If you make the call now, 1-855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. That's 855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Tonight here, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. Once again, freetalklive.com. Go there, get interactive, enjoy the site, and you can support the show. There are various different ways to do that. One of them is to become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month via made, uh, any major credit card or PayPal. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, and get on more radio stations around the country. We've got over 107 stations right now and more to come. Thank you to everybody who's ever been an amplifier, who is currently an amplifier, and who will become an amplifier because you guys make a huge difference for this program. So once again, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn about the perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum and podcast. Go get the details. Get signed up over at amp.freetalklive.com. Now, we've been talking about uh, people and getting excited and taking things to trial, and it's 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 difficult, Derek, because uh, – and we, we continue this constant, uh, talk during the break, so I want to bring it on the air because I think it's really important. Like on one hand, we advocate not taking the plea deal. There's a flyer online that you can download over at the freekeen.com. There's the tools section there. You can download the don't take the plea deal flyer from there. There's one that's designed for a national audience. There's one mm-hmm. that's for New Hampshire and there's one for national. So obviously this is an idea that's worth getting out. It's a powerful idea, one that people need to hear about. But on the other hand, whenever somebody gets all excited about doing activism, I always get all concerned for them because I don't want them to do it alone. I don't want them to, uh, you know, to, to wade out into the deep end without knowing exactly or at least what could happen to them and without having people on their on their side to back them up. Well, I don't want anyone to get swallowed up by the state, and I, I do advocate knowing what you're getting into before doing it, but I, I do um, want to encourage everyone to educate themselves about the plea deal and about your relationship with government, um, because I think that pamphlet uh, can be really helpful. Of course, I don't want anyone ending up like Julian, um, spending time... In- 150 days for pamphleting. Yep. Right. Outside so, of court. So that's not too different from handing out don't take the plea deal flyers. In fact, that's exactly uh, how I do it. So Right. We handed out a bunch of don't take the... or uh, I handed out a whole bunch of those things to, today at the court. I went in, and this is one of the other reasons why I don't want them to... I want them to get used to what happens when they call you know free staters and liberty activists into their court. We're going to flyer their whole courthouse. Oh, so yeah. there were all kinds of people, probably about... 30 people that were sitting in there waiting for their their trials and of course most of them were there for completely nonviolent uh peaceful so-called crimes and i got don't take the plea deal flyer flyers into probably 90 percent of their hands and think of how many of them hadn't considered their relationship with government before mm-hmm. uh it being framed in the way they saw in the pamphlet where 
they're reminded that if they just cave early, then it's easy money for the state. They haven't made the state work for any of their money. They're just saying, sure, I'm going to act like you own me, and whatever you say, I'll just hand over money. What, what, you know, I oh, I've committed some infraction against your society, and now I somehow owe some invisible bureaucrat money, and it's just going to be dispersed throughout the state. And a lot of them are very deferential in there, and we saw that today where people were thanking the uh, the state agents for basically bilking them out of cash. They were oh, being yeah. very, very nice about the being robbed. $500 plus uh, you might serve time in jail if you ever do something bad, plus $288 for fees. Thank you. Right. Oh, thank you, Your Honor. Your Honor, Your Honor, Your Honor. Notice I never call them Your Honor. I I didn't notice that, but how how did you avoid it? What did you say? You just don't do it. What what do you address him as? Judge? Just just look at him and talk to him. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's that's how humans do it. (laughs) You know, um, from a religious standpoint, Quakers don't uh, believe in calling one person Your Honor and not calling uh, another person Your Honor. So, you know, from the very beginnings of Quakerism, the the ideas were that uh, everybody should be treated equally. Mm -hmm. And I have found it very difficult. I mean, you know, how do you address somebody who's, you know, expects to be called Your Honor? And they've got guys with badges that will uh, drag you off and throw you in a cage if you don't you know uh, not honorable how do, you, how do you deal with that so you know it's just you just got to look at him and talk to him so other news the bismarck tribune bismarcktribune.com reporting that south central district judge tom schneider said the one thing that stood out to him in the case of a former judge and police officer accused of molesting a young girl was the amount of grooming and planning that went into the crimes. Randall Hoffman, age 56, didn't just make a one-time bad decision with a 17-year-old girl, but instead molested her from the time she was 12 or 13 (gasps) until she was 17 and finally protested. It started out when she was very, very young, according to uh, Schneider. This is the judge. That uh, he told the he told this to Hoffman in court on Monday. It only stopped when the child screamed and you were discovered. Schneider sentenced Hoffman to 50 years in prison with 30 years suspended and five years of supervised probation on a class AA felony charge of continuous sexual abuse of a minor. Mm. The judge also gave concurrent sentences of 20 years and five years in prison, respectively, to charges of class A felony attempted gross sexual imposition and class C felony corruption or solicitation of a minor. Hoffman was a district court judge who resigned his judgeship and later lost his law license following complaints about his conduct. At the time of his arrest in September of 2010, he was the police chief in Elgin. Hoffman was arrested after attempting to rape a 17-year-old girl in September of 2010. He faced 52 felony charges in Grant County relating to sexual contact with the girl from the time she was 12 to 13. Court documents said Hoffman pleaded guilty to three of the charges in exchange for the dismissal of the other 49. I think this guy's getting off too easy. I mean, 50 years in in jail. He's going to spend 20 in jail. Okay, so 20 years in jail. He gets three meals a day, a a bed, um, everything he needs, medical assistance. I mean, how about after being a police chief and a judge, how about getting a real job? I think that would be the real punishment for this guy is having to serve society in some helpful way. Well, he can make license plates in, uh, in prison. I say send him to Antarctica. According to the story here, uh, the wet and naked uh, buyers <laughs> said the victim wished that Hoffman would be sentenced to 25 years in prison. He said Hoffman should get credit for pleading guilty and sparing the victim from testifying at the trial. 
Uh, this is the, uh, let's see, attorney, assistant attorney general John Byers said a few of the sentencing factors that the state law outlines for judges to consider went in Hoffman's favor. He was a police officer at the time and his actions could have been construed as an abuse of power. There were no grounds on which to excuse his behaviors and the victim did not and could not under state law consent to the sexual acts. Byers also said that Hoffman should not get treatment on the basis of having been a judge, attorney, and police officer. And if anything, they should be treated harsher. Hey, I would say yeah, it so. Sounds like a real stand-up guy. Uh, it, it's, was, as early as kindergarten, they had Officer Ali in my school talking to me, a little puppet. You can you know, trust him. And, and they were doing the indoctrination early on. I think it comes even earlier than that. I listened to the, the, the songs and the, the watch the television um, that my the, my son Jack watches. And, you know, we have conversations about power and, and um, government and that kind of thing. But they the, the indoctrination starts very, very very early well it just makes me think that there are other judges and police chiefs Mm -hmm. and what else was he a district attorney or something i didn't hear that that all of these people in these positions could be crazy power mongers the same way this guy was just abusing power in secret well that's just it the one thing they don't go into here are the circumstances so i wonder you know what was this guy who was in his 50s 56 years old, she was 17, which means that when she was, you know, 12, he was 51. So, you know, what is a 51-year-old man, how is it that he's in a circumstance where he's alone with a 12-year-old girl? You know, yeah, that do- doesn't happen to me. It doesn't say that sh- it doesn't say she was a family member. That's not made clear here because that's usually how it happens, right? right? It's the uncle or or whoever. So it doesn't say that. So what's the circumstance? Did he somehow use his ability to, you know, as a, as a police officer, for instance, the police chief? Did he somehow use his abilities and, and a, influence? A guy that's willing to do curious. that, I can only imagine he would. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that I'd be more curious about, just to learn exactly how this predator, uh, you know, was able to, to, to get away with what he did. Well, apparently he was molesting her for years. Right. So I, I don't know what the, the situation uh, that led up to that could have been, but I, I definitely don't think that punishment in any sort of house of corrections fits the crime. I, I definitely I don't. I think he, he really would be better off serving society uh, or serving other people. In, in a meaningful way, that's well, I ra- think rather than sitting behind bars. And some riding. kind of recompense to this victim. I mean, right. what, what is what is her view on the world as a result of this ongoing abuse? And, uh, you know, I, he doesn't serve her by being behind bars. He probably oh. would serve her best by, uh, you know, working, by being moved far away from her and then his paycheck going to uh, pay for counseling services. I think this girl needs, like, a great deal of counseling and... You know why should why should the state why should the taxpayer pay for that? Make him pay for oh, it. Oh yeah, he he made good money as a police chief and a judge. Time's up, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com. And actually, uh, folks can see you, Derek, and myself. I believe the video from uh, Freekeen TV will be posted or has been posted or shortly will be. It's on. Over, it's on Freekeen. Over at freekeen.com. So you can check that out there. And we'll see you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. Okay, so this is, uh, you can call this an Edgington Post if that's what you wish to do. However, it's kind of a promotion for Free State Now, uh, my program to complete the Free State Project. Ian, you're sitting in with me? I am, and I've been a a longtime supporter of the Free State Now Project, uh, being one of the initial... Free State Now campaign. I don't want to confuse it with the Free State Project. 
being one of the initial contributors to it. Yes. And it's gone through a couple iterations thus far. You've learned some lessons. Yeah. And made some mistakes. Well, you know, we can call them mistakes. Remember, everything that has happened with Free State now has resulted in signers for the Free State Project. So it's been successful from that perspective, but you've been trying to tweak it to make it more successful. It's got to be sustainable, and it hasn't been sustainable at this point. It it has been uh, pushed forward by the sheer force of will, my will, um, and it it needs to have – it it needs to operate in other ways. When you – for instance, when you went away, Free State State Now just kind of went – you know what did i have to do with that well because i was busy doing um, oh, the radio right. stuff i was busy all the time and i just i you know i just didn't have enough energy to put towards it okay so, so what is free state now for those that don't know free state now is a project to complete the it's a excuse me a campaign to complete the free state project it is not affiliated with the free state project other than everybody who's involved is a free state project signer and if you're not a free state project signer i'm frankly probably not talking to you mm-hmm. <laughs> um this you know this is the, the help i'm going to ask from people is really the help that i want from signers i suppose if you're really into it you haven't signed that you can listen to what we have to say and that it may have uh, some Im- import to you if not you can certainly listen in on a conversation that isn't aimed at you yeah. <laughs> um but that's that's kind of the idea free state now i've got here on the website is uh, which is freestatenow.com. Yep, freestatenow.com. It's a website for the Free State Project's completion campaign, a collaborative effort by several activists, ones that I really needed to. Um, you know, folks that I I don't know whether I should name or not, but certainly Jason Osborne has been uh, thoroughly involved. Um, you know, uh, a couple of uh, friends of ours, Will Buchanan, is uh, thoroughly involved, and some more. Will's the guy that did the Walk for Liberty a few years back. That's right, and Will has been um, basically, you know, behind doing the, um, you know, the recruitment up to this point. But I have, uh, I have hindered Will. I said that I was going to get him lists of liberty-loving individuals to call, and I thought I had those locked down. But frankly, mm-hmm. the people that I had them locked down from just haven't come through for me they've got them they're just not returning my calls anymore so Mm. i don't know what the deal is i know these lists are valuable and i know people don't want to give them up i'm willing to pay for them but i can't get them so that up until this point has been a bit of a sticking point for you i mean if you can't get the list will can't make the calls projects on hold right but it will has gotten other people to make a few calls we had uh you know one sort of list that you know we've had a couple of lists that uh We've raised from the dead and, you know, shaken them out and squeezed them for everything they were worth. And what but what Will did, and I guess I I don't know whose idea this was. I'll just give Will credit for it, Um, went to Boston and, um, you know, went out there with a clipboard and some trifolds. Trifolds are these uh, pieces of paper. Well, there's two ways to sign up for the Free State Project. One of them is online where you can go to freestateproject.org. And uh, click sign in or sign up or whatever. And uh, if you sign up, then, you know, they'll send you a confirmation email. They get a little info from you, a confirmation email. You click through the confirmation email and you are then a signer of the Free State Project. Now, frankly, you don't even have to put realistic information. They know that people are um, concerned about privacy with the Free Mm -hmm. State Project. So they allow you, you know, as long as you click on the email and it doesn't say Mickey Mouse, you're going to be a signer. And, you know, even if it's not, you know, your full legitimate God-given name or whatever, um, the government name, your slave name, like you signed up under, Ian. Bernard. Oh, right. Back yeah. when I had a slave name. Yeah, yeah back your, your slave name. Um, <laughs> you can sign up under Ian X if it makes you uh, feel good. 
But another way to do it is the trifold. The trifold's a piece of paper. This is for people who perhaps don't have access to the internet. The Free State Project was created, what, in 2001? Mm -hmm. Not everybody had it at the time. And so this is the other way. And he went out there with some pieces of paper, got people to sign up. As uh, we turned in those pieces of paper, he was getting um, four signers an hour. And frankly, once he got good at it, more than that. Wow. And that's a lot of signers. If you can get somebody to go out and do that, the Free State Project's going to be completed pretty quick. You can get a few people to do that. But yeah. how do you get people to do that? You got to pay them. You got to pay them, right? Um, now, one of the complaints about the Free State Free State now is coming from people, by the way, who uh, you know <sighs> clearly weren't very thoroughly in the Free State Project, where the Free State Project was paying a hundred dollars a signer mm-hmm. to get people to sign up um, in advertising. Free State Now was doing it for 35 right. But people didn't like those numbers. They were like, $35 to get somebody to sign up? That's crazy. The, the, the Libertarian Party gets people to sign a petition for a dollar, sometimes less. Okay. And one of the, that, was the, you know, that was the main complaint uh, yeah. from people sort of from the outside. Why they don't want to give, it's too much. So here's another idea. Um, you know, we're certainly going to continue different thing, different ways of getting them. But I've decided to open it up sort of as an open source thing. I mean, this is, seems to be what Free Talk Live's about. It's kind of like what the liberty movement's about, at least on the Internet, is, you know, don't lock things down under a uh, padlock for p- people that can't participate. Open it up so people can have their ideas and what they think works. Mm-hmm. And I've put a page up. It's called freestatenow.com slash earn. And the basic idea is there's a trifold there. Go download it. It's uh, you know it's, it's it's on the Free State Project. You can just go to the little link there. I, th- I think actually you're gonna have to cut it into your browser because it doesn't link. But anyway, um, you know I I'm not gonna claim to be a great web developer or anything like that. But there's the uh, the links down there under what is the proposal, and you you get it. You put it into your browser. You get the the trifold. You. You can print them up. You can uh, get some photocopies. They don't have to be in color. Um, they just have to be, you know, the, the trifold, essentially. And you get people to sign up. Now, like I said, we know that some people are interested in, in um, privacy. We want as much of their information as possible so that we can market moving to free, the free state as soon as possible to them. Because not just – it's not just a project about getting people to move after the 20,000 mark is re- mm-hmm. reached. It's about getting them to move now because that's what the free state project really is about. It's about pick up and move to New Hampshire. And – you know, the, this is you know. So this is what we're hoping people will do: is uh, uh, you know, move as soon as possible, get as much information as possible. But what we need from them is we need to have their name, we need to have a signature, mm-hmm. we need to have a state, and we need to have either an email address, a regular address, or a telephone number. And, and all this information's up over at yeah. freestatenow.com/earn. Yes, I'm just breaking it on down so people understand how easy this is. But you have to go to that URL because it, it appears it has not been linked to from the front page of the site. I think it might be on the front page of the site, but um, you have to go to that link. I mean, yeah. this is to some extent. I need to be able to pull this down when I have, you know, if for instance I've gotten too many trifolds, haven't raised enough money, or mm-hmm. you know something like that. I need to be a little fluid with this. Um, but the I've got thousands of dollars in the uh, bank. People have, you know, there've been some really generous donate donations um, sent out, and presumably. If this is successful or when this is successful, more people will send donations because you'd be able to advertise, hey, this is working. You know, so and so went out to this location and they got this many signers and this yeah. guy got this many signers and we've had X amount of signers within a week. Right. And so when I can say I'm holding in my hand 100 signers, I've got, you know, actually I have right. more than that. But, um, you know, when I, when I can say that, look, I got 100 signers, um, 
25 signers for the Free State Project is a tremendous week. If I can bump that thing up 100 or 200 in a week, people are going to go, wow, because there are people that check that thing every day. They, they care. Man, if you could get 200 signers in a week, I mean, that'd be that's a lot. It's huge. huge. And then people are going to say, wow, this is really working. And um, once I tell you about the uh, the rates that we have here, they and because it's open source, this is going to work better. So it's a lot cheaper than the $35 that we were, were getting before. Okay. Um, so basically, then the person sends it in to me. Uh, they're, they're, you know, all these the completed uh, the, the stacks trifold. of uh, trifolds that they have. And we go through them to make sure that A, the person doesn't live in New Hampshire. That's mm-hmm. kind of important. And B, you know, they're not signing up under the name, uh, you know, Newt Gingrich wants to sign up or right. whatever, you know, just some fake name. Um, you know, we can't you know, I don't know how we're going to check on, you know, the, the most thorough. It's not like we're going to track down and send uh, PIs all over the country or anything like that. But, you know, obviously we want to minimize fraud as best we can. Sure. So we're going to, uh, you know, t- take a look at them. And then the ones that don't live in New Hampshire aren't fraudulent. We're going to uh, put them in the system. And I'm going to send a check for $5, cold hard cash, or at least a check, um, to each person who signs, you know, for every trifold that the person sends in. So this is a way for, because I mean, right now with the economy the way it is, lots of people are saying they don't have jobs. I'm offering them a job. Um, the, the, you know, one of my, my my buddy Will here was out able to do this four signers an hour and more than that. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's like some hours. It was a lot more than that. Even good. On average, he's like once once I got good, that was his first day, by the way. And he's done it many times since. So um, it's great. Know, it's 20 bucks an hour. So people can get involved in this now. Yes. At freestatenow.com slash earn. That's right. And I mean, that's really what it what it all boils down to is, you know, this is now it's in your court, people. Um, you know, everybody wants me to get this completed and I want to get it completed, but I have just felt overwhelmed with it. Now, look, give me some signers. I'll give you some money. So so if you, for instance, have been talking with some friends uh, about this, maybe, maybe you don't have to take Will's uh, approach. Like he went out to a public common kind of place yeah, and, sure. and did some stuff there. Maybe you want to go to, you know, a campaign for liberty meeting or some sort yep. of convention that's happening. Gun show. Convention. Uh, you know, Libertopia just happened, obviously. Gun show, you know, gay and lesbian pride fest, whatever, wherever you want to go, wherever you think you can reach people. Or maybe it's just something where you've been talking to some friends and, and now you've got a little extra incentive to kind of take them to the next step. Because this one thing to talk to somebody about the Free State Project and just leave it laying on the table. It's another thing to help them and kind of walk them through, look, let's get you signed. You said you wanted to do this. Let's get you signed up. Here. Here's the trifold. Let's fill this out together. Sure. You can get $5 for that person. And I'll take care of it. I'll send it in for you. When you can do those things, because I remember when I was doing petitioning uh, when I was working, you know, like a decade ago, petitioning with the Libertarian Party, it was always better to fill it out for them. Because a lot of times, yeah, sure. a lot of times the person they wouldn't read, like for instance, we were registering people to vote, and if you wanted to make sure that registration would take, you had to fill it out for them. Because a lot of times they just look over the wrong, they wouldn't put the information in the right sections. They're just not paying close enough attention. Yeah. And if you do it yourself, it it helps them uh, get it done. Well, what Will did is he brought several um, clipboards and several pens, and he was having more than one person sign up at wow. once. Wow! So um, you know, if you can get into a high traffic area, I'm the reason I'm not providing a script here is because what the heck do I know? 
I haven't been out and done this particular aspect. I don't know what the best way to get people's names, addresses, uh, telephone numbers, whatever it is, yeah, I mean, on if, these pieces of paper. And I the, frankly don't care what kind of script that somebody uses. I mean, let's just you know, let's get people to sign up. If the crowd is figuring those things out, then yeah. you'll have better ideas. Because if you were to come down and say, well, this is the best way, it may not be the best I don't way. know. I mean, I'm not going to propose to know. I could give somebody a script um, and that kind of thing, but that's, you know, maybe somebody else will send one in to me. There's a, a section at the bottom of the page where I'm going to include sort of questions and comments mm-hmm. from other people, and that way they, you know, there's there can be some kind of feedback. Okay, cool. So freestatenow.com slash earn. Get over there and get the details. That's right. And help us get to the Free State Project, get to 20000 Yeah, help me give you some money. That, that helps too. Yep. Nice little incentive. I think it'll probably take about two weeks to get him a check. freestatenow.com slash earn.